2011, theorizing that one could make an entertaining podcast, the Geek Out Heroes stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. When they woke, they found themselves trapped in your present, facing political correctness and social justice warriors who were determined to kill humor and joy. Now the GOH are driven by an unknown force to laugh in the face of stupidity and make jokes anyway. Their only guide on this journey is Steve, a listener from their own time, who seems to be just as deranged as they are. And so the Geek Out heroes find themselves leaping from topic to topic, trying to set right what once went wrong, and hoping each time their next cast will be better than the last. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. This is Anderson. So really quick to start us off. Uh, there was a sort of win for people who were looking at the Activision Blizzard case. Uh, not what, not really the outcome that I think should happen. In my personal opinion, with, uh, Activision, with dealing with Activision Blizzard, their entire HR department should be completely terminated. terminated uh, and they should have to rehire an entire... They should have to... Personally, I think they should have to hire a company off to the side that has a con like a, an unvoidable contract that they can't do anything about. Yeah, uh, put a third party in there. That's yeah, very, that, that's logical and yeah, calm. That's a third party that will not sit there and say, we have to, we have to make a judgment based off of the fact that I don't want to lose my job because clearly HR doesn't work in large corporations anymore because everybody in HR is worried about the upper. Oh yeah. Excuse me, the upper echelon. The definition of HR them. is to protect the company, not the people. Yeah. And that's usually what happens now. Yeah. Human resources is a, joke implication not you know not what's actually happening if you work hr i'm sorry if we offended you but it's true uh, i've known enough hr i've known enough people working in hr in smaller companies and in larger companies to know that your job is not protecting the people that work for you no. your job is protecting the company should have happened to my work about and if you think yeah. it's if you think it's the other way around newsflash lo- evaluate how your job goes is there any time where somebody has brought up something that has not been questionable that absolutely should have been taken care of and should have gone to your bosses, to your, to your, uh, you know, the people who are essentially signing your paychecks and you should have brought it to them and said, look, this needs to change. And you weren't willing to do it because you were worried about losing your job. HR used to be the happy middle That's ground why, between yeah. the employees and management. That's why HR departments don't work. Yeah. It's the equivalent of, Police officers, police officers shooting who are investigated by their own in their own department. That's that was the whole stupid. purpose of the internal affairs because <laughs> they weren't connected. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree with you on that one. Yeah, uh, on that concept, maybe that's what we should do in the future. Even just not just the gaming companies in general, just have a third party be the HR. Yep, you should have. There's, in my opinion, all HR departments. In my opinion, all companies that have HR should be using a company that is nothing but HR to do that stuff. That's, that's that company's job is to do a, is to do HR and the company has to pay into it. Sorry. Yeah. I just think that's what you have to do because 
otherwise, you know, and, and you can make the argument, well, well, what happens if they decide they're not going to pay for them anymore? Well, then you can bring them up on bad business practices. If it's a requirement of business, then it, it's no longer an issue. And I know I'm getting to, you know, that's government influence and stuff like that. And there are certain real, there are certain things where government is important and certain regulations that have to be followed. And there are other times where you just have to let people govern themselves. Absolutely. But I think this is one of those things where large corporations can't be left to govern themselves because they clearly aren't capable of it anymore. No. Uh, but Smaller companies make sense where they can control themselves. But when you start hitting, you know, yeah. four or five thousand employees. But given the uh, the small win that's happening, they've had a, a couple of people who have been uh, fired and let go from the company. So many of them are the bad actors that have been, uh, uh, you know, named in the, in the case in the lawsuit. Uh, but the other one that is a good win is, and I I have yet to see anything of what this will, uh, how long this will be for, or what will prevent uh, any way of this person from making up the money that they lose. But Bobby Kotick, who has been making a salary of about $120 million a year, just in salary, not bonuses uh, from Activision, has had his salary lowered to about $67,000. A year and that doesn't count for bonuses or assets, and, but that does not count. But that does not count for bonuses or assets. And that's the thing is like I sat there. I'm like, well, it's nice to see his salary's gone down at the same time. I have yet to see. Is there any way that it will, you know, is there any way that they will be able to stop? Oh, well, he was able to make it up somewhere else. And where is the headquarters of Activision Blizzard? Uh, California. Okay. The, the shittiest place on earth. Well, I've heard, I didn't know too sure they were being shady and they haven't like moved over now to somewhere else. No, uh, they're they're still in shithole California. And listeners, if you're from California and you get a, and you get offended by me saying that, look around you. <laughs> Actually, just, just smell take, around take you. Take five minutes. Just, just smell look around, around you. you. Just smell and tell me that state is is the great state of California that it once was. So yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> but I, you know, I sat there. I was like, I, you know, I'm glad he's not getting the hundred, the ludicrous salary. Ludicrous! And you're making a hundred over a hundred million dollars a year as Was a CEO. It, oh, Fuck you! Yeah, <laughs> and, and you still wanted the hundred and fifty million dollar bonus, dude. If I were in that, if if I were <laughs> in that board at all, I would just sit there with the middle finger up to him the entire time, and just go, dude. Fuck you, Bobby Kotick. Go fuck yourself. Honestly, fuck yourself. Take a giant fucking dildo. Do the dildo challenge. Post it on YouTube and I'll watch it just to see that you did it because I would like to see you fuck yourself. Unethical fuck. I don't even have to meet you to say that shit. That's the saddest part. I don't have to even meet you to know that you're a piece of shit. Listeners, by the way, if you're looking at getting Call of Duty and you uh, you don't know anything that's been that's been going on with it and you are wondering what the hell is this, you know, asshole talking about. Go look up what's been going on with Activision Blizzard. Go watch a couple of videos from. Young, yeah, he's done a lot of coverage on it. You can watch, uh, you know, stuff from uh, Legacy Killer HD on YouTube. There's plenty of content out there that have discussed what has been going on with Activision in the entire case. And you can judge for yourself whether or not uh, I'm correct in how that company has been treating people and how that company. It's more just them. Ubisoft is just as bad. And if you're sitting there going, well, I can't believe anybody would buy Call of Duty. I want you to remember the fact is that most of their players don't know anything that goes on in that company. Most of their players don't know most of the things that go on in the industry. And on top of that, 
Some of them have the reasoning of, well, I don't want to show, show support for the company, but I do want to show support for the developers that worked on this project because there are still good people. There's still good people that work on these games. So I understand the reasoning for anyone who wants to boycott them. I understand the reasoning for anyone who wants to buy the game. I, I still think you should boycott them. That's my personal opinion. If you don't, I'm not going to hold any animosity towards you about it because that was your choice and your reasoning might be completely different than my reasoning. My reasoning is I don't want to give a goddamn cent to that company. And your reasoning might be, well, I want the developers to continue to have their jobs, but not to go too deep into it and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of stick to this subject. I will point out that even if you do think that that doesn't stop act like supporting a project doesn't stop Activision from firing anybody. That company fires people on mass for no reason. You can only hope you can only hope that they keep the good people and get rid of the bad people. And, uh, we'll see what happens and, uh, we'll see if anything comes about that, uh, that lawsuit, but uh, speaking of the lawsuit, uh, there were some snags in it uh, where I guess two people who were acting as advisors were working on where they were working for a different department or a different department that was in another lawsuit with Activision and Blizzard. And uh, they were advising the other state department that was suing uh, directly suing Activision to begin with. So after the $13 million that Activision paid out to this first group, it's actually $18 million listeners. If I say 13 again, just trying to make a mental note that it's actually 18. Two of the people who had worked on that case had moved over to the new lawsuit group uh, or the current lawsuit group. And uh, they had done that before the $13 million was rewarded. But the downside is, is that they were giving, uh, they were supposedly giving advice on how to deal with Activision and everything like that. And that means they were giving inside advice. Now, personally, if, if, it's my personal opinion that if you're in the middle of a lawsuit against a company that is known for bad acting and has been proven for bad acting and they are, they had to pay out the first time the information that is, that is used by that first company should be allowed to be shifted over to the other, uh, to the other group. But in accordance with the law, the, a lot of them see that as basically double dipping uh, and you can't use the same evidence, uh, you know, basically given from the same sources within the case. Uh, so there could be a couple snags in that that could cause the main, uh, state lawsuit that has been going through to collapse, which is, if that happens, that will be severely unfortunate. And I'll be curious to see how quickly Bobby Kotick's salary goes up. If that does happen, moving on, Nintendo has been dropping uh, the ball. So Nintendo has been under, under scrutiny because of the expansion new pack. expansion pack, uh, increase in price for not really increase in price, but the optional expansion pack. Uh, and increase in price. They think they're at the same Nintendo. level of Game Pass yeah, for they. Switch Online. So, and they, and, the, and that's that's a conversation that we've had, and uh, we say it's not worth it, and it doesn't seem worth it, and uh, it especially doesn't seem worth it when you have Nintendo putting on an emulator that is evidently exceedingly faulty. Oh man! So right now you can look up videos. A lot of people have been posting. Uh, what gave it away for me when I was looking into it is obviously I'm a huge Zelda fan, so every Blue Moon I peek at like the people speed runs yeah. it just amazes me how people can do it because i'm like i'm good but i'm not that good yeah and one of the funny things that was a huge eye opener is uh, somebody posted a side by side so the expansion pack nintendo came out with was their answer to the game pass which is nowhere near that level mm -hmm. they put on ocarina of time 
which is one of the most, it's probably one of the biggest fan favorite Zelda game of all time. A speedrunner was playing it and he noticed the quality was so lackluster that he pulled up a copy of the 3DS copy of Ocarina of Time side by side and the amount of difference it looked from a 3DS game to supposedly this more expensive emulator. Yeah. How much the 3DS game was better. Yeah, he pulled up. It, uh, there, there's actually a, an even bigger comparison. Uh, it's from the same guy. Yeah. Uh, they have a video of him showing the PC emulator that was, uh, you know, it is illegal because um, Nintendo owns the license to Zelda, but it, but he was doing it to show, to, to prove a point. You had the PC emulator, you had the uh, 3DS version, which was the remaster. And you had, which has been out for over 12 years. Yeah. And you had even the Nintendo Wii uh, emulator that's used that, that you, that the emulator that the Wii uses in order to play the game as well, if you had to download a copy. So he shows all four of them side by side, including, you know, obviously, obviously the Nintendo Switch uh, online. And it is, it's stark. Like, how, like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was just like, God damn, like, how the fuck did you guys, how, how is this even approved? if this is how the game uh, reacts to that emulator and it is absolutely listeners. It is absolutely the emulator that causes the issue. Um, they narrowed it down because they found out what emulator that Nintendo has been using is not one, not very good. And is kind of, kind of for the lowest bidder. Nintendo went to a garage sale and bought the cheapest emulator they could find. Yeah. Um, and the problem is the biggest problem is like one of the, one of the areas that they showed it off was, uh, the it's the section where you end up fighting uh, Shadow Link, uh, I believe. Oh yeah, and it was a it was a the section of Shadow Link, and then they extend to the boss fight, which was the Battle of Morpheus. So this was all Water Temple. Yeah, and uh, one of the problems with that is that in order to, in order for the Shadow Link section to work, you have to be able to see the reflection in the water. Yeah, to be able to fight him because that's how you track yeah. his moves. When and the water you. is rendered so poorly you can't tell where the shadow is and you're just like, what the fuck? So, uh, it just, uh, and unfortunately because of the fact that it was a speed run, he wasn't able to use the cheat in the fight. Yeah, he wasn't able to use the cheese to do it. Yeah. Um, which so, is how, which is listeners, you might be sitting there going, "Oh, that's a cheat." Well, it is, but at the same time, that's a lot. A lot of times, that's how these speed runs work. Is they're so they're what you have legitimate speed runs, and then you have uh, the uh, cheese. You know, anything goes speed runs. So they they always do two different kinds. Um, one is that you you beat the game outright, like straight up, standard. no level skips, standardized. Yeah. You just you stick to the main as, plot line and you yeah. push as fast as you can. You go as quick as fast as you can. And in some cases, if you're playing games like, you know, they had the guy who did the uh, the speed run for Mass Effect and he went through the main story and did all the uh, all the dialogue checks and stuff like that and got through it as quickly as fucking possible. And he did it in a ludicrous time. I think it was like under two hours or under I think three it was hours. just three hours. Um, yeah. But still ludicrous. Still nuts uh, to think of for Matt. Restarting the podcast in three, <laughs> two, <laughs> one. No, we're not going to restart. <laughs> so, listeners, sorry we cut out there. Uh, we had a problem with one of the mics. Uh, I, we can't figure out what caused it, but for some reason, the uh, garage band decided to ask, hey, do you want to use this mic? We All three mics are plugged in, and for some reason, it thinks that one of the mics disconnected and reconnected and that it's a new mic insertion. Which I, I fully disagree. I think it just misses Miles. I don't know how to fix that, and that's the downside to having the 
the computer all the way across the room and not catching it in time. So listeners, where we left off was we were talking about the Mass Effect uh, speed run. And basically the guy, uh, the, the point I was trying to make was the fact that there are speed runners out there that try to do uh, cheeses and other ones do legitimate. And that guy with Mass Effect did a legitimate run without without skipping uh, key, you know, key moments. And uh, in this case, the speedrunner is playing, you know, Ocarina of Time and he is using a cheese and he's specifically doing the speedrun for the cheese or to use the cheese for that speedrun. So when you can't do that stuff, that negates a lot of the other speedrunners out there that aren't going to do it legit, that are going to try and do the, uh, the cheese on it. And the reason why they do that is because if they can beat their own times, they can beat other times, then they hold a new record and people try to figure out other ways to beat that. There are tons of them out there. There are people who find different uh, ways of getting around certain sections of games who implement a cheese or find out a cheese. You had that recent one that happened with Met or with uh, Metal Gear Solid. Like listeners, Metal Gear Solid came out what, 20, 20 years ago, 20, what, actually longer than that. I was going to say it's probably like 25. Yeah, by like, now. Tw- like 25 years ago. And, uh, that was on the PlayStation one and they had someone recently, well, not too long ago, I should say, uh, cause it wasn't that recent, but this, uh, the speed runner, she found out that there was a, a, a glitch in a portion where you had to go through a whole bunch of, whole bunch of stuff in order to get a key card to open up this door. And that lets you get into or get to Otacon. And she found out that if you walked backwards or something like that towards the door and then turned around, really fast it would and, and hit the button correctly you would enter the room without the door being open and have that conversation with the autocon it would skip an entire portion of the game it cut out like 20 minutes for a speed run it was insane. oh was this the uh the one with the heat sensitive uh key cards yeah yeah i remember hearing about that it, it does cut a really it, big it was of- crazy how much that is Tested over and over again, had other people testing out, and they found out that it legitimately changes the entire speedrun community just because of that cheese. So now they can do now they can do the game even faster, and that that's the competition that they go into. So if you have an emulator like this that's created that had specific like they even had we talked about before we got cut off listeners, they had a specific version of Legend of Zelda on the Nintendo Switch Online that was designed for speedrunners. They could have, they had leaderboards. You could see how long it took somebody to play it. And, and, and it kind of creates this competition when you have games like this being ported over to the switch and these uh, speedrunners can continue to play their games without having to keep the old equipment so they can continue to do speedruns, find other ways to get around things. And the emulator is so busted that it can't do those sorts of tricks for them. You're negating an entire section of your community. They're not willing to even give you a good emulator for the extra cost. Yeah, you're showing out an extra 30 bucks for something that doesn't function correctly. Why even buy it? Why even get that? That that 30 extra dollars for a handful of games? An emulator that doesn't work. An emulator 100%. that doesn't work work correctly. Uh, that's a big middle finger from Nintendo, in my opinion. So gotta love the cost saving sense on that. Uh you know, here's the thing with that, though. Had they done it properly and not tried to charge you out the ass, I probably would have gotten it. You just said it right there, was, though. If they'd done it properly, it would have been if a If it was story. $10 more, given how how little they upgrade or, or update the NES and Super NES stuff, 
ten dollars more okay i can i can get on board with that you're adding uh n64 and, and sega genesis now the problem with that is the fact that they don't update it very often right and they don't give you more game they don't give you that many more games and most of the games that they do add are trash i mean like i think the nes had tennis on there for fuck's sake uh yeah because so many people wanted that which, one yeah you might, might as well just have fucking pong well, I'm just saying, as somebody who never owned an N64, this would have been my chance to finally catch up on everything that I missed. Yeah, certain games, yeah. Yeah, but when they don't have a whole lot of games on there for you to catch up on. Or, yeah, the catalog or, is or not that great. The catalog they're giving you is stuff that we wouldn't even recommend you play. Well, and that's why I was saying, had they done this properly, <laughs> I'd have hopped on it right yeah. away. But they decided to charge too much and not offer nearly enough. Yeah, so... Their pricing, their pricing obviously needs to go down. They need to fix that emulator. Otherwise, I think they're going to have a, a much rougher go as it goes forward. But I could be wrong, listeners. I mean, there, like I said, there are a lot of people out there that don't keep up with that stuff and don't pay attention to it. And you'll have people just go ahead and buy it. And they'll just be like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is amazing. So for those who are not in the know, it might seem like a great deal. For those of us who are sitting there in the know, we're going, what the fuck are you guys doing? So you never know the, the entire market is dictated based off of whatever the, the most money is coming in from. So if more money is coming in from people who are just non gamers and just the casual market, then that's the way, that's the way Nintendo caters their, their, their shit to look at what happened with the Wii, (laughs) the Wii, a glorified GameCube that every legit gamer out there went, this is trash. It was a GameCube and knew it was trash. And it still sold like gangbusters. It sold like 200 million consoles. Yeah, when you turn off, turn to the side and you see all the ports for all the GameCube connections, there was a GameCube. Yeah, high, it's still a lot. I mean, it it, yeah. it didn't it didn't it didn't unseat the king the the PS2, but I don't think anything's ever going to come that close. But uh, I mean, it came damn close, and it did a good job. And they they I mean, it revived Nintendo tremendously. So. If the main market is the casual market, that's who they'll cater to. And that's who they've been trying to cater to for a long time since then. Which, in my defense now, I don't really use my Switch as much anymore. My biggest thing I use Switch for is Funimation. Yeah, I don't use my Switch nearly that often. And I use it when, it, when I do use it, it's strictly for exclusives. So, moving on. Anderson, you have a, you have a note in here that says Avengers is dead. Please explain. The shit show that is Avengers has gotten worse. And now even the last of the most loyal players have now left. Okay. So what happened this recently is at first they teased everybody. First they came out with a cosmetic skin that was legitimately different for the very first time for Halloween, which was a wolf cap or the werewolf Captain America. Okay. And a week later, they announced they are now removing boosters. Now, so the, when this game first came out, they said they would never come out with boosters for the game. Everything yeah, play-to-win mechanics would never be a thing. Yeah. Then they introduced it, and now they're or taking them win, away again. Yeah. <laughs> you do have to play to win. Pay-to-win. Yeah. Pay-to-win. Sorry, listeners. That was Pay-to-win. Which, in this game, makes no sense there. anyways, because there's no PvP. It's just all cooperative or just play by yourself. Now the boosters they introduced are now gone. Yeah. So they can't make up their minds, and after these last couple updates and these events they kept doing, they kept fucking with the systems. Um, the Tachyon Rift just came out, they re-updated it, and it destroyed a lot of people's builds. A lot of their endgame builds. So that way they can do runs or whatever they need to do. And they are taking no criticism for the uh, the player base at all. 
Okay, so like so originally I, the stuff that I saw from coming out from the game was the about the boosters, and then they said they they finally like the news was that they caved and they finally decided to get rid of the boosters. Yeah. Uh, but they've also in this turn when they did this, they also nerfed a lot, almost uh, about eighty percent of all the end game builds from players. <laughs> you don't want our boosters? Fuck you. Your wow. builds don't work anymore. <laughs> wow. It's like dealing with a with a petty child <laughs> that's your developer. <laughs> that's the person you're dealing with. Is is fine, you don't want what I have to give you. Fuck you. <laughs> Take that's my going in the trash. <laughs> oh man, that's that is yeah, that's that's dead. That's dead, yeah. Uh, I would have made the the argument, listeners, that 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 game was dead on arrival, but... No, uh, it's dead. It's been dead for a while. (laughs) Now it's just starting to catch up to itself. Yeah, it's just on life support. Uh, I have have another note in here, but before I get into that, uh, one thing I want to bring up, speaking of a developer kind of taking advantage of their, or, you know, taking advantage of their player base, Destiny, I forgot to put this in my notes, but Destiny has had... And listeners, it's been a while, and I should have brought this up sooner, but I wanted to see what was going on in the community and whether or not uh, we needed to, whether or not we we actually needed to address it later, or if it was going to end up getting addressed for itself. Now, one of the things that's happened with Bungie is that they have decided that with the next update for Destiny or for Destiny is uh, the uh, Witch Queen. They have taken two dungeons and decided to make them separate from the game and decided to make it separate from the uh, DLC that you normally would buy. Now, this has never happened in the past where you've paid extra for dungeons or you've paid separately for dungeons. It's always been included in the DLC that you that you bought. But instead, what they've decided is. They've not only separated it, they've now separated it into its own pack. So, on this DLC, either you pay for the base DLC or you pay for the premium DLC. Well, yeah, you, you, yeah. Either, you either pay... So, so it requires the digital deluxe, or deluxe, sorry. The, the dungeons require the digital deluxe edition, so you pay for the extra edition of that. On top of that, if you want to buy the anniversary edition, that comes with the Galahorn, but... The thing that's being put that's being kind of pushed around right now is the fact that that's actually not true. You get a mission to get the Galahorn. And a lot of fans are sitting there going, what do you mean we get a mission to get the Galahorn? I paid you how much money for the Galahorn and uh, you want me to earn it still earn it. <laughs> how much pricing are we looking at like and money wise? Here's the thing. Unless it's back to its old shoulder launched portable nuke levels there's no way they will bring it back 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 to what it was were they talking the ADS from avengers we're talking about it we're talking about a rocket launcher that was that was nerfed three fucking times (laughs) in the original destiny there is no possible way they will ever bring it back to its even close to the original levels even close to the to the third nerf yeah because it was still it was still just it was the most efficient rocket launcher that was ever created in destiny history and that that the only one that comes close is the newest one uh, i think <sighs> something uh, that was like many eyes sorry listeners I, I i apologize i can't remember the name there's a newer rocket launcher that's basically does the exact same thing 
it shoots a salvo of rockets yeah. instead of the cluster that fucking swarms and then fucking kills everything around it. Uh, this one just shoots a salvo of rockets and it's, they're all just, you know, heat fucking heat sinkers and just nuke the nuke, whatever you're, you're pointing at from orbit. Uh, fantastic nerfed, obviously <laughs> <laughs> instantly. Yeah. The listeners, here's, here's how it goes. Destiny introduces a new weapon. People find out it's a lot of fun. Lots of people go for it. Lots of people use it, use it for everything. And then Bungie goes, Oh my God, people are having fun. We can't have them have fun. We'll nerf it. People stop using it. Then Bungie asks, why are people using our new weapon? It's a vicious cycle of bullshit because Bungie can't figure out that the only thing they need to do is just let us have fun. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the hand cannon that you get out of vault of glass. Yeah. The one that had uh, what was it? It was firefly and was something it a else. Fate bringer? Yes. And then I fucking love soon, that gun. as soon as they nerfed it, I never touched it again. Yeah. That you know, gun, they brought, you know, they brought it back. Was and it was all and it was already nerfed. And then they and then then they had to create another version of it that you can only get in the vault of glass, uh, I believe. That is you can get a god roll on it and basically puts it back to the original to the original stat. And now they're looking at nerfing that. I'm like, God, come on, guys. Seriously? Like, and the whole reason, listeners, the only reason why any of those weapons are ever nerfed is because one, either people are killing bosses too quickly, too too quickly, according to Bungie with it. Or two, it's being used way too often in Crucible, and it's killing everybody in Crucible. Crucible can is is easily fixed. Get rid of all exotic weapons. Everybody has the same loadout. Everybody has the same fucking uh, same fucking armor set, and Crucible just becomes literally strictly skill. strictly skill and strictly PvP. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. Get rid of all the perks. All that shit goes away, and it becomes PvP. Now you're just playing Halo. Do you see where I'm going with this? Where you have no perks? The only place that perks should ever matter and your armor set and your your weapons should ever be uh, a factor is in Trials of Osiris and Iron Banner where it literally tells you your gear fucking counts. That's the only thing that should ever matter. So why is the Crucible... Why are you able... So like the question you should be asking is why am I able to go into the Crucible with Fakebringer? Why am I able to go into the Crucible with, you know any exotic whatsoever yeah kind of like uh trials of osiris which was essentially just every team was three warlocks with thorn the trials of osiris absolutely i get it all your weapons and armor count iron banner all your weapons and armor count okay yeah totally understand yeah but if you're just playing regular crucible you should all be walking in there looking like goddamn noobs that shouldn't be a shit show of like, oh, well, my armor doesn't count, but my weapon still counts and my my perk, my exotic perk still counts. That makes no sense. If Crucible really wants to be Crucible and wants to be just it's just PVP straight up. No, 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 you know, buffing factors, nothing that gives anybody a higher, you know, an upper hand. Yeah, it's all that stuff should just be negated. You should be walking in looking like you just came into Destiny for the first fucking time and you're getting that one, you know. I'll, I'll say it. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> the, the freaking auto rifle that they started say, you out with. That thing was freaking badass. You remember the day that we went into the crucible and used those. And then everybody bitched at us because they thought we were cheating somehow. Yeah. It was hysterical. Like, and that's because people don't understand that the, the numbers don't matter. The gear didn't matter. The only thing that mattered ever in crucible were perks. So get rid of the perks, get rid of the fact that you can use exotics and suddenly everything's on even ground. So instead they nerf weapons and stuff like that. And that's, that's the vicious cycle of destiny. So 
to have that be the vicious cycle and everybody accepts that that are still playing it right to have that happen okay well it's something that everyone everyone will bitch and moan but then to turn around and say we're going to take these two dungeons and dungeons have never been excluded out of content and we're going to make them part of digital deluxe edition content and the only way you can get these two dungeons is by purchasing the more expensive version you cannot tell me that a dungeon is worth that much more money listeners i don't get me wrong i've already paid for it and the reason why i paid for it was because of the like on top of that the digital deluxe does come with the fact that you do get the next five seasons uh i think it's five i could be wrong uh but i believe it's the next five seasons of uh of destiny so you're prepaying yeah i'm prepaying for the seasons because i'll come back in i want to play that content i want to play that new stuff that comes up and i'll play that stuff and i want i want to get the new exotics that come out and that's ten dollars every time so okay the way that they the way that they're trying to try, trying to show it is like oh well the the dungeons are just included with what with buying those extra seasons but that's not necessarily true if dungeons in the past have always been included in regular dlc and you're separating them, then you're forcing people to get the digital deluxe edition. And then the way, like, there's no explanation as to how this is going to be handled, but supposedly people are going to be able to buy the dungeons individually when they come out. So they're paygating the dungeons. They're, they're absolutely paygating the dungeons. And that's the problem that, that, that I see. And the reason why, listeners, I waited to hear, hear this out because I wanted to hear what exactly was coming out with the regular DLC. So... I want it like the way that, that that everything's been worried is that the DLC will come with, you know, uh, it'll come with an old raid again. They'll be swapping that out. But that was going to happen regardless of the of whether or not you bought the DLC. Anyways, you would have a legendary raid coming back or legendary like they, they talked about legendary raids and dungeons coming back. And those would become a uh, changing them out. Like, I think it's every three months, I believe, is what they said. So. If that's the case, then that wasn't going that was going to be done regardless of of the DLC. So why are you separating this out? It's just to make more money. It's just to force people to have to pay for it or for the extra. And the way that they wanted to incentivize buying the extra seasons, because that's what you used to pay for in the digital the digital deluxe. You with the digital deluxe, you always got like the extra seasons. It always included like a, an extra exotic mission. And you'd get a couple of perks here and there. And that's what you paid for for a digital deluxe version of a DLC coming out. But now they've separated those two dungeons out and they're trying to incentivize, oh, well, if you buy the digital deluxe edition, you get the two dungeons as well. But you didn't used to do that before. So it's all marketing. It's all just a fucking scheme. And this is getting back into Activision tactics. This is shit that they used to do where they'd piecemeal it out and try and get you to pay more money. To have you know to have that separated and have and to also have the uh, anniversary edition on top of that, God man, Bungie is raking their fans through the coals with this stuff. And I know you have the option of not paying for it, but when you've always had when you've always had this expectation of content, the content I've paid for in the past will be included as I go forward in the future and won't be separated out. Uh, when you buy a car. Somebody doesn't hold on to two wheels and just give you the front two and say, well, if you want the two, the extra two wheels, you're going to have to pay more for it. That's not how that's not how buying a product works. And if a company were to suddenly do that or start saying, OK, well, you can have this content, but if you want the windshield wipers, you got to pay extra. That would be fucking weird. 
And since that's been the case in the past of, well, I've bought this content. I've always gotten the dungeons in the past. It's included in the content that I pay for. Uh, and seasons are always optional. And I could always pay for those separately. Well, that's that's kind of what you expect going forward. And when Bungie has made a big deal of the fact that they're, they're no longer under control by Activision, they're no longer going to be using a lot of those tactics. And then they start using those tactics again. You start going, ooh. You guys learned some bad habits. Fortunately or unfortunately for them, this is a direct community, so the community doesn't give them money. They will understand pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, maybe they'll change their tune. Now, the question is, is will they turn around and ask, you know, will people freak out who had bought the Deluxe Edition and go, well, you're now giving them the dungeons for free. What are you going to give us? See, this is the catch-22. When you do something like that and you fuck over your community and the other, the other community goes, well, you have another part of the community that goes, well, I'll buy it anyways. The way I saw it was I was buying the digital digital deluxe edition because I was getting uh, the seasons with it. And that's how I've always seen it. That price hasn't changed. That's the same price as what it is, what it was last time when I bought the season passes last time. It was just included with the season pass was just or the season passes were just included with the digital deluxe. So I was like, well, it's slightly cheaper and uh, I'll just buy that. But you'll have a portion of the community that will have done that and not have that mindset. And they'll go, well, you're now giving away the dungeons to them. What are you going to give me in return? Because I paid more. You see how that works? That's a terrible business idea. Because if it turns around and backfires on you, what are you going to do for the other part of the community that gets pissed off now too? Are you going to turn around and give them the Gallahorn that other people paid extra for that? I don't know. So good luck, Bungie. <laughs> I uh, I wish you the best and hopefully uh, your fans don't, you know, don't fucking retaliate too hard on you and completely fuck you up uh, financially. But it wouldn't be the first time, would it? Uh, but having a paywall is just that's I I cannot support. I cannot get behind that. I cannot endorse somebody saying, yeah, buy the uh, buy the season passes. Uh, because. That's just that's That'd be like Nintendo money. coming off a new Mario game, and then when you unlock the uh, All Stars World, that's actually pay gated. Don't get me wrong; I love the dungeons for the simple fact that it's a three man raid, and I wish that they had every version of it. I wish that every version of the raids that they had had a three man version of it, so that I could do that with my friends because there's three of us that generally play pretty regularly, but you can't go through the raid without six people. So, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense because World of Warcraft. Their rating system, it used to be 10 man or 25. So I know that they can scale. They you can should scale be things. able to scale everything yeah. back so you can handle it with half the amount of people. Is it because of all the freaking uh, puzzles? Yeah, they just, they require more. They require more. You need than, multiple people to do the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. You, they require more than three people. And I should say, listeners, they require more than three people of average skill. Because I know that there are people out there that are just godlike and they're so amazing. And oh, they don't have any problems. And congratulations you're the bestest of all time and then there's the rest of us that have jobs <laughs> there's the rest of us that have jobs that can't afford to get good and don't want to get good and just want to have fun and we still want to experience the encounter maybe that's why they should do raids from here on out just be able to puzzles can be done by I mean, I've watched people. some of those i've watched some of the raids and i'm like i don't know how the fuck you guys figured this shit out like i've watched the speed runs for fur for world's first jesus christ how the f i don't know how you guys think that fast like i don't i don't get it how the hell do you figure out a puzzle of a raid that quickly? That is impressive as hell. You guys impress the hell out of me when you do that. So speaking of things that are massively impressive, 
Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption is coming to PC. You mean Red Dead Late Redemption? Yeah, it's it's the first one, <laughs> listeners. Not not Red Dead Redemption Two. Red Dead Redemption. That's coming to PC finally. It's finally going to hit the PC. Does anybody care? Over a decade later. <laughs> is that coming with the latest edition like, of Skyrim? Don't get me wrong. Red Dead Redemption. It's the better. It's the better of the it's two. It's the best in the series. It's the best in the series. It is absolutely worth playing. It has the best DLC in the series. But uh, yeah, I mean, how how is it that it took this long for it to come out to PC? And the only thing I can think of is, oh, it's because uh, they don't have anything else in development, or they can't get anything else to come out because they're uh, they're having problems within the company, which would be true because apparently GTA Six is in development hell. Do they actually mean development hell, or is that code for we're still going to try and milk GTA 5 a little bit longer before we even start? Yeah, it's how do we continue to make sure that we make money on GTA 5, I think, while we think about making GTA 6. Yeah, because when they say it's in development hell, I feel like that's just code for we haven't even started yet. Sorry. So those kids are supposed to have this huge yeah, project I'll, done on that Christmas break and they wait until the day before going I'll back be to honest, school. Even if yeah. even if even if GTA six is in development, I don't see that game coming out for at least three years. Uh, I say ten. Oh, here's the thing. I don't even know. <laughs> if I, that's, well, that's why I said at least I said at least three years. I don't even know if I'm going to want to play it because, you know, they you kept telling up. everybody, yeah. hey, we're going to do single player DLC. We're going to expand this story. And then they just mm-hmm. never did. Yeah, yep. they never did. Like we I, I get it. I understand you run a business and you want to do the thing that's going to make you more money, but don't promise your players something and then just completely ignore it. Yeah, I'm waiting for GTA uh, online expansion and it's just going to be New York. Now, I would be a hypocrite for this time around if they decided to release this on the new like on PS5. Red Dead Redemption remastered. Here, it's not really a remaster. Is it just a re-release? And that's all it is. It's all right. So listeners, I, Listen, I will patches, tell you this right now. Yeah. It is going to be a remaster in the same way of the GTA trilogy is a remaster. In other words, it's, it's a nice a coat remaster. Of paint. It's not a new, 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 it's not a full coat. Of, it's not a, not a from the ground up build. It's a, it's a new coat of paint, maybe some modeling changes here and there. Maybe you'll it's probably have fixes. You'll probably have a couple of mission changes just to, you know, appease society in some way because something was grossly offensive when it came out, uh, you know, because, you know, GTA trilogy had to remove the uh, Confederate flag. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, evidently, I that forgot always about that. means. Oh, man, you're going to have a rough time playing Red Dead Redemption then. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> like that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're going to have a tough fucking time, guys. Uh, that's the Wild West. They were trying to be kind of historically accurate. Yeah. Um, scumbags have always existed in humanity yep. period never never going to change so uh, like I, and that's that's the thing is like that was one of the characteristics of that character in GTA in Vice City the confederate flag on his chest like that was kind of he was he was a good old boy from the south and wasn't a very good person so uh, why are you trying to change uh, that story is it because um he helps out your character. Newsflash, your character is not a good person in, in any of those games. Yeah, it's <laughs> GTA isn't one of those games where you can go looking at the characters and finding like a role model. You'll find people yeah. that are less shitty. Yeah, like Nico. Nico's probably, I think, the least shitty out of any character that's ever existed other than uh, 
what's his name in uh, GTA Five? Michael? No, no, no Michael uh, no, Franklin. Michael. Franklin. Yeah, Frank Franklin's probably probably the the second right there with him. Yeah. Of I'm a good person. I'm thrown into bad shit, and I do what I yeah. can to get out of it. And I will do, you know, I will do what I need to. Now, Franklin does get talked into uh, committing crimes. So that's that's still on him. But so does Nico. So it's one of those things like, yeah, it's like those are probably the closest relatable. uh, You could say partially decent criminals in the entire series. But your characters in in most of the GTA are not good people. They're not they're. They're not average people. They're all criminals. The greatest GTA um, character of all time is Trevor. <laughs> and he's <laughs> and he's a fucking psychopath. Uh so yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't understand like how you how you can change, you know, change that aspect of the game just to just to appease a certain group of people because you're worried about what they think. Like it was part of the character. Just leave it as is. Or just make your games not uh, worry about what people think. Yeah. I mean, it, your game is your game is the game that you made and it it was a there's Classic no such the thing as a perfect game and you can't keep everybody happy. So make your stuff. Uh beyond that, you know, Red Dead Redemption, it'll have maybe some texture updates. I don't see it, I don't see it being that that good of a thing unless they turn around and they use assets from Red Dead Redemption 2. Unless they turn around and use the assets from Red Dead Redemption 2, which they could, because you do have young John Marston in Red Dead Red Dead Redemption 2. And I I think that they could absolutely take the model from Red Dead Redemption 2 and, and bring it over and update all of the assets in Red Dead Redemption 2 to the newer assets for her. Sorry, uh, you can take all the assets from Red Dead Redemption 2 and put them into the asset or replace the assets from Red Dead Redemption 1 and basically upgrade, upgrade the game. It would look like a fucking huge facelift. But I don't think the gameplay is going to change very much. I don't think they're going to do a whole lot of stuff where uh, it's going to be what you would consider a true remaster. Um, but that's okay. I don't understand why it took so long to get there, though, because I mean, literally, listeners, it's been over a decade. Well, and that's the thing, like that. I feel like gameplay-wise, that game doesn't really need a whole lot of tweaks. No, I think personally, I think Red Dead Redemption One plays better than Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, well, I totally agree on that one. It doesn't need; it needs a facelift at best. You could probably just, like you said, do an asset swap. Yeah, and that's really all that game would need. Yeah, and I and I don't think they're going to do that either. I think they're just going to leave it as is. They're going to do a resolution increase, uh, maybe a maybe give it uh, some some new textures like they did with the GTA uh, trilogy. And leave it at that. I don't think they're going to do much beyond that because uh, they kind of, for one aspect, the listeners, they kind of don't need to because, like I said, the gameplay's fine. It's not supposed to look as good as Red Dead Redemption 2. It's supposed to be, though, this is the, the first one. So it's kind of it's kind of meant to look a little less because, I mean, if, G, if, Grand, if, if Red Dead Redemption 2 or 1 looked as good as Red Dead Redemption 2, I would never play Red Dead Redemption 2. Right. I would only play one and that would be the only game I go to. Now, granted, I like Red Dead, Red, Red Dead Redemption better than two. It's a better game. It's a better story. I like the characters a hell of a lot more. But I like the score a lot more, too. Even the music was better. I agree. Uh, but I like going into Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2 just to see the world. I think that's the best part of RDR2 is just the the random occurrences. Yeah, the world that it's in, the random occurrences. The, the story sucks. The beauty of that game is just phenomenal 
So like my favorite if, thing of like one of my favorite random occurrences is like when you stumble across the uh the clan man or the clansman burning a cross and you could sneak up behind and just push the burning cross the burning on top cross of him. That's great. Uh yeah, so having it come out this late seems it seems kind of like a desperate thing of like, well, we need to show something and we need to have something come out because we haven't had anything new and we and people are People are cluing in on the fact that we've only been doing GTA Online Since you just and said Red Dead that Redemption Online. Devil's Advocate, are they just trying to keep the investors? I think they're. I think part of it is investment, and I think part of it is just trying to placate fans in the meantime. Like yeah, we are doing stuff. So let let let's let's put something out on PC. Let's put something. We're out not on hanging out our office from this like. GTA Online. So you have you have Grand Theft Auto trilogy that's coming out. That's that's gonna that's gonna placate fans for a little bit. Uh, you have. Uh, Red Dead Redemption coming to PC, which PC gamers have been asking for since it fucking came out, and they just never did. It made no sense why it took so long. It was, I think it's like literally, I think it's one of the only Rockstar games that ever came out that didn't, that wasn't on PC. It made no sense why they refused to make it for PC. I don't know if it had to do with the fact that the architecture at the time was such a pain in the ass to work on on PlayStation. Uh, and easier on the Xbox, but they didn't want to take the time to make it for the PC or what. But they came out with Grand Theft Auto 4 on PC. So it it was kind of it was one of those things where, like this is kind of mind boggling. Like, why would you guys why would you guys neglect such a large audience on PC for such a great game and wait this long, wait this long to come out with it? Well, my only reasoning is they're trying to placate fans. They're trying to make sure that their investors stick around and that they're making some money somewhere because if their current game's not coming out, well, that's a problem. And if they're and if they're not coming out with GTA online content fast enough, that's another problem. Right. <laughs> I will say that if they do the facelift with the uh assets from Red Dead Redemption 2, like you were saying, would yeah. be very possible. And they add in uh Undead Nightmare. I will if that's 100% in, yeah. buy that. If that's included, so if they do give a facelift and they actually use the assets from Red Dead Redemption 2 in this version and give you a uh, new night, or what's it called? Undead Nightmare. Undead, Undead Nightmare. Nightmare. Uh, if they give you the DLC with it, then yeah, that might be worth the money just to see it. But we'll see. I, I don't think they're going to go that far. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I, I don't think right they're willing to. Just a paint yeah. job. I don't think they're willing to. And uh, I could see them adding Undead Nightmare, but it's just going to be a paint job. Yeah, I, and I think one of the reasons why they're kind of panicking with this is because while they're supposed to be working on GTA 6, they can't get Red Dead Redemption online to take off as well as GTA Online did. Well, it's they two different audiences. Well, part of that, and the other part is they can't really figure out what they're doing with Red Dead Redemption Online. They keep doing things that like they they had the adverse econ- you know economy in it with the fucking gold bars they they kind of screw over their community as they try to fledge uh you know they're fledgling around trying to figure out what are we doing what are we doing uh we can't do the same things as gta online and we can't get away with the same things as gta online but we still have to get an audience and this and i think Red did redemption online was supposed to be <clears throat> excuse me, was supposed to be the game that was supposed to be the replacement for GTA Online while they continued to work on Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption and Online. They get and they were going to transfer over to GTA 6. But they can't get people to, to transition and they can't figure out what to do with Red Dead Redemption Online. So GTA Online continues to just have repostings, which is why you have GTA you know, 5 coming. All these coming, events coming out. Yeah, you yeah. Have, well, you have GTA 5 co- coming, you know, coming over to consoles and still asking for more money for it. And it's 
Like people are just looking around going, what the fuck are you guys doing? To hear GTA 6 is, is having problems, to hear that they're coming out with Red Dead Redemption, like some of it, all of it seems to kind of correlate and go together and uh, just kind of spells trouble, I think, for where Rockstar is. They, they built a juggernaut and don't know what to do with it now. And because they don't know what to do with it, they, you know, maybe that's the reason, maybe that's the reason why GTA 6 is being in development hell, you know? No leadership, maybe. You have, you or have pathetic leadership. Yeah, you have a, you have a game that's too big to fail. How do you replace that? That's like that. That's that's that weird kind of conundrum of like, there's no way in hell you can match up to this, right? Yeah. So so then why even try? Exactly. And I'm wondering if there's that mentality going on within the company as well. And I feel like that's very possible. Like they they built something that got so huge, and now they're just like, well, how do we even come close to what we did? Right. Yeah, it's maybe just, they just have too much expectancies and they should just focus on something else. Again, that's why you need leadership. Yeah, I like, and yeah. I personally think that they need to go away from listeners. I personally think they need to go away from Grand Theft Auto for a while, and they should focus have, on some other stuff. They should have tried to make Bully Two. There was a couple other games that they another that, that Midnight Club. Yeah, there were a couple other games that were canceled that they weren't allowed to make, and I think that they should try and revisit those old projects and say, okay, we're going to get away from GTA. We're going to try and think of something else because get our creative juices restarted. Yeah, exactly. If you can get your 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 creative team to think about something else and work on something else, then maybe when you come back to it, you'll come up with something even better. So we'll see. Uh, I <laughs> I will be curious to see how things work out, but uh, it's kind of a mess. And speaking of things that are a mess, Battlefield twenty forty two. Listeners, I've I've spoken to people on Reddit. I've spoken to a couple of people in other forums, and I have also watched many videos on how Battlefield 2042 was being played for the beta and how well it was received. And while a lot of them say the same things of it is a lot of fun, it is a blast. The one thing that sticks out is that it is bug riddled and it has a lot of problems. Uh, Not only just server issues, they had a lot of problems with glitches in the game, things not working properly. And overall, the the consensus is this needs to cook a little longer. So should Battlefield 2042, after the amount of problems that they've had with Battlefield in the past, not performing well or having issues, you know, in, in the past, this was even true with trying to get their campaigns going. The fact that their campaign, the campaign portions were being dropped as episodic content and people were pissed off about that and they're not like even paid for an incomplete yeah, yeah. It felt like you can't you paid for an incomplete game or like uh battlefield one where we bought the the map pass and they were taking three months to put out a new map yeah they were taking forever to put out a new map and by the time they had put out the maps nobody was playing yeah yeah because i remember we bought the uh the battle pass for it and then by the time the first map finally came out, everybody had moved on to a new yeah, game. Yeah, the player yep. base, half the player base was yeah, gone. Yeah, half the player base was gone. So we, we were lucky for... we found out, like, we found a full map. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. We paid for four maps and only got to play one of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it took way too long for any of that stuff to drop. <coughs> and the craziest part was that we were just sitting there going, they're just maps. Like, what's taking so long? Yeah, there's nothing but, uh, new being added. You're just <coughs> doing a new map. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you, you know go forward a little bit you have deal you have a campaign that's dropping like dlc you have uh which took forever for each campaign to or each campaign mission to drop so 
even though this one doesn't have a campaign, it sounds like they're having just as many difficulties trying to make this game and trying to make sure it comes out. And they're using a lot of old maps on top of that. A lot of old maps in this game, listeners. So should they delay the game more and make sure that they put out a, a even uh an even killed and you know well-balanced well-performing game or do you think that it's just going to come out it's going to be what it is and do you think that they're going to have the same problems that they've had in the past i think they're just going to come out i think it will too i don't I, think i don't think they'll delay it i, I was going to say we know their track record with company. this yeah they showed off the trailer the trailer got a lot of positive reception yep which Granted, again, my disappointment was I misread it as 2142 at yeah. first, but I, I've kind of come around. It looks like it'll be fun. So everybody's really hyped for it. Yeah. So they're just going to put it out in patches as they go. Yeah, I think that game is going to come out in a completely broken state. I think it's probably going to be just as bad as uh, it was in the beta for a lot of people. And uh, I think that they will get flack and just take the flack and, and continue on and trudge through and hope that they can fix it as they go. And that's just based off a track record, like Josiah pointed out. It would be a godsend if EA said, nope, delay it. Put it off for another year or put it off until sometime next year. We'll put some more time into making sure all the bugs are taken care of and release it then. And listeners, if that happens and you're a huge Battlefield fan, be grateful if that happens because EA doesn't do that usually. Usually they just put out a broken mess and don't give a shit because we have to hit our deadline. We made a promise and this is the date that we came out here that it's coming out with. Never mind the fact that marketing changes dates change putting a putting out an ad like that's the thing i've never understood when you have a release date release dates aren't promises release dates aren't at like that's not false advertising if you have to change the date they're just suggestive it's just a suggestion it's saying that this is when this is the marker we're hoping to hit well look at halo we're getting halo a year later God, and then we had to beg yeah. for that. Thank <laughs> God, we had to. That yeah, game. we had people had to trash the shit out of Halo Infinite to make sure it was delayed. And thankfully, it was because based off of everything that we heard about the development of that game, they still that game had so much development needed, including the story, listeners. So the main campaign still had problems. Your player if, base is willing to wait yeah. for a better product. And at this point, listeners, even if they were to say, okay, we're coming out with a Halo, the Halo Infinite cam or the uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer first and the campaign later, I would say, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I would completely be fine with that because if that means I'm getting a better experience than what they than than what's being shown or what's been shown, fantastic. Now I will say the recent trailer for Halo Infinite was cool looking. It looked really neat. Looks like it's going to be an interesting story. Uh, I'm hoping it will be. There's a little concern of repetitiveness and uh, how mission layout is. It looks a little too Ubisoft-y <laughs> for, for a lot of us. You know, I, I noticed that. I'm a little disappointed, but I don't care. This is... It's Halo. I'm gonna play it. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll play it. Uh, whether or not well, we're I, all gonna play it's yeah, Game Pass. Whether or not I finish it will depend completely on story and gameplay. And if the gameplay's fun, I'll I'll charge through it. But I'm hoping it's not repetitive. I'm hoping it's not a, a Ubisoft experience of an open world. And that's kind of what it's coming across as right now. Unfortunately, it looks like oh, you go to this area, you complete these tasks, do this task again, open this up. Oh, you can continue on. Here's a little bit of story here. 
Uh, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's it's more like uh, the original Halo. Uh, the original Halo was a lot more linear than you think it was. Yeah. Having uh, recently played through the Master Chief Collection, uh, that game was very it was a hell of a lot more linear than people yeah assault on the control room was about the only open world level yeah and even then it was do i want to take the far left path or the far Far right path path. you still get to the same place at the end you're still going to end up at you're still going from a to b it's just a question of what path are you going and in this one it's feeling a little too like when i say ubisoft it feels a little too much a little too far cry it feels a little too assassin's creed assassin's creed a little too ghost recon of all right you go and do this mission this mission is actually pointless it doesn't have anything to do with the story but go and do this mission anyways okay well and you're going to do this mission because this mission is going to lead you to a piece of paper or a small statement that's going to lead you to the next area or the next portion you're like god like some of the stuff just seems completely stupid and pointless and it's just busy work. It's sometimes those missions can be fun. Like as long as you're playing with a group, I don't mind those because the way we all play these games, we make our own fun mostly because I'll get bored and pick fights while everybody's trying to complete the objective. Yeah. But halo is not about halo is not solely about playing with other people. Right. Like it, that's the thing is halo hat. The campaign has to be enjoyable from a single player perspective at all times. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not arguing that part. I'm just yeah. saying, like, those missions kind of suck when you're playing by yourself, but I know we'll all end up playing it. Yeah. So I know we'll all end up having a fucking blast with that kind of thing. So, no, I get that. But, w- but what I'm pointing out is Halo always in the past has always been like co op is optional. Yeah. Not, not, not where Ghost Recon co op is needed. Like, Co-op is needed in those games, listeners, for a reason of co-op is needed in order to make that game fun. Uh, or in the case of Division, playable. Yeah. Far Cry is you can play with another person and that makes it dramatically more entertaining. If you don't play with another person, it's still fun in some aspect, but most of the time it just feels like you're just wasting time. It gives, it, some hesitancy. It, it gives me some hesitancy and I'm looking forward to seeing how this story works. It looks like they're, tr- I don't know if they're necessarily retconning the story, but it looks like they're doing their best to make sure that five, uh, practically didn't happen. <laughs> That's the only halo campaign I have never beaten. Thank you. You're not missing anything. You're not really missing much. I mean, I could go through it with, I you powered through really quickly. Halo Wars two over halo five. Halo Wars two is actually not that bad, but I'd, that's the only one I skipped because I got through it and I'm like, I just don't care. I don't like Locke. Yeah, and no one no, no one, one likes Locke. Uh-huh. Yeah, no one liked Locke. He had like two cool moments. Yeah. And that was it. And then we're talking over the entire campaign. Yeah. Um the great, only great Luke Cage, terrible Spartan. <laughs> he wasn't even a Spartan. No. He was uh, he was an Oni, Oni operator. Uh, operative. Which that is was, that was given the uh the Spartan two serum. Which is kind of funny because I feel like in a way he was very accurate because in the books, whenever they talk about Oni operatives, they're all, all assholes. assholes. Yeah. All of them. So it's like, you're, <laughs> I feel like you weren't supposed to like him that much. I do anyways. whatever. I like they like, here's the thing. Oni operators. They're the guys that they're the spies for the empire. They're just assholes. They, they do whatever they need to do. They get the job done. It doesn't matter what the consequences are. It doesn't matter how many people they kill, how many good people they, they get hurt. It's it's the job. That's what they do. Yeah. So when you're when you're looking at 
putting that kind of character in there and all they care about is I got to get Master Chief. Master Chief's the bad guy. I got to go after him and stop him because he's going to try and help Cortana. Like, dude, you're going off the most uneducated assumption I've ever heard of in my life and you're going off of just solely like I have to follow orders and no one's stopping you and you have the most sarcastic badass with you of Buck and your banter is terrible. That whole game should have been redone and rewritten so it was just Buck and Master Chief. You have the straight man and the funny guy. It would have been amazing. You know, that that's a buddy cop game I'd love to play. Yeah, fuck yeah, right? You know, or 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 completely rewrite it to bring back like and I know Noble Six is dead, but they should have rewritten it to bring back Noble Six. Master Chief runs into him on Reach or at a uh at the uh heretic not the heretics, the uh extremist uh, covenant guys he, sh- he runs into a cryo chamber with him in it the thing that i, I just imagine seeing sick in like a, some super battle scarred armor after that yeah like yeah. Uh, like just put like put him in a in a freaking he's been put in a in a stasis chamber has been tortured and fucking you know questioned the entire time master chief shows up throws him some spartan armor and basically says let's go kick some ass and that's you know that's where your story continues. Like the whole the whole story for five was just trash to begin with, and and confusing. The, yeah, and ha- and uh, Halo Infinite proves that just by the the trailers you're seeing on how much they are trying to get away from five. And it has nothing. It has nothing to do with how bad. Like that five played bad. Five played great. It actually had some cool missions, like missions in it. Yeah, the gunplay in that game was. Very satisfying. A lot of the weapons handled phenomenally. Some of the new yeah. ones they added were great. Like the, uh, what was it? That four shot missile launcher. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, awesome. that thing was fun. I love that. Yeah. The, the, the game plays great. The missions are pretty cool. The story is trash. The secondary main character, everybody hated him. Like how, how did you write and a how did you go through a game like that and not nobody said anything like that's the thing is like i don't i don't believe for a second anyone in that company went are you sure <laughs> like n- that nobody went like nobody went all right well uh this doesn't sound like a very good story like do you think we could rewrite this like but they had this you know big shot writer who thought he knew everything and uh got really pissed off when people told him his game sucked um he was very outspoken about it Hated, hated the fact that people were so mad about it. Like, I'm sorry, man. Your 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 storytelling sucks. What do you want me to tell you? Your game sucked because you 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 wrote a terrible bad you you wrote a terrible story. But uh, yeah, hey, I mean, Halo Infinite looks drastically improved over that, and I hope it is. Uh, I'm just I had a fun little, with the betas. Yeah, I'm just a little weary about the the mission structure. That's it. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Craig's still in it. Sorry. Did you see they uh they just released a a new updated rendering? Oh yeah, it looks way better. Yeah, yeah, so much better. <laughs> not a Craig. Um, I'm not really a multiplayer gamer anymore. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because you know I work for a living and I don't have time to get good. It's only fun with friends. Yeah, yeah, it's usually only fun with a group. Well, that and even if you die, trying to coordinate with everybody with, like between Stand my class possible. schedule and work yeah. and everything, it, it's hard for me to get online with everybody anymore. Oh, we know we haven't seen you in Destiny in like a year. I know. <laughs> That's <funny>. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least you guys see him. We don't love me anymore. I, I will <laughs> say that uh, Halo Infinite is the first multiplayer game that I'm actually really excited 
to hop back in. I've had lots. I've had a blast playing the betas. Yeah, a lot of people keep saying it's a lot. It's it's just a lot of fun. The the new grappling hook mechanic, you know, Doom like the the, the steel from Doom. Uh, it's rekindled my love like I had for Halo Two on the multiplayer. Yeah, you know, that's not to say the grappling hooks like really the most original thing in gaming. No, it's not. Titanfall uh, did it. Doom did it. Yeah, it's it's not. Batman's it, been doing it for years. Yeah, but it, but it is <laughs> it is a fun mechanic to introduce, and it creates interesting scenario like scenarios where people use it in very interesting oh when i was doing in the multiplayer i went full kamikaze so i throw a sticky on myself then grapple into a group of people (laughs) (laughs) you did the suicide bomber see i'm uh i'm waiting to see how griff ball is gonna be in uh okay yeah some of the new things oh and the hammer is still phenomenal yeah varga was listening to me use the hammer and just go into town on people i'm glad they're bringing it back to the way it was but i used to when uh Griffball first came out in Halo 3. That was all I played for a long time. I get that. And then um, I switched over to SWAT. And with some of the new weapons that are coming out for uh, Infinite, I'm really interested to see how SWAT's going to be. Yeah, I always played shoddy snipers with uh, Loach and uh, my buddy uh, Emmett. And uh, we used to fucking rule that thing just all day. Yeah, I spent fun. too much time playing jousting. <laughs> Way too <laughs> much time. I think out of all the new weapons that are coming out, the one I'm most excited for is the the, uh, the giant spike launcher. Oh, it's fun. Mm. I'm really excited to stick people to walls with it. <laughs> well, uh, going into some weird news, <laughs> Netflix games <laughs> is, uh, is ramping up and uh, I... I, I don't know. I might be the only person that thinks this, but uh, I think it's pointless. <laughs> no, you're not the only person because as soon as I saw the announcement, my first thought was why? Yeah. <laughs> I was um, thinking they were going to make mobile games based off the series. And that's about it. And most of the games that, that they're, uh, I guess they're, they're going to be promoting are games that have already, already, already been made off of their own content. Like strange, the Stranger Things game, which you can already get on other consoles. So mainly it, the Switch, I guess, is going to allow people to play this through their TV using a controller. I don't know how that's going to work with a remote. Maybe um, they're working the Mad Cats. <laughs> oh God! Uh, but since you brought that up, can I just swing in some extra weird news? Yeah, go for it. So with the new Amazon game, New World, coming out, and how terrible it's doing. Apparently, somebody found out that you cannot name yourself any variation of Jeff Bezos as a character. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember reading about that. Like, you can't name your you can't name your character Bezos or you or can't Jeffy have a B. screen name or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, it's it's kind of weird. Netflix just look at look at Amazon because every time Amazon tries to come out with a game, it just tanks. Terrible. Well, they could try making something that looks good first. Well, a new world has had a lot of players. They've had a lot of people jump in. Granted, it's a new game, so you're going to see that massive influx of gamers, and then it's probably going to go down. But the problem that I've been hearing over and over again with it is a lot of technical they, problems. It's not just technical problems; it's the fact of like so they have technical problems, especially on PCs, especially with a specific graphics card. But aside from that, it's that there's nothing to do. And and additionally, oh, yeah, kind of, an, I've heard about it. it's an yeah, empty world. Ad- additionally, they've also kind of broken their economy in it. And uh, 
so it's got a, it's got an economics problem within the game. It's got a problem with having content for people to do things. And when you also add on technical issues with a specific graphics card, there's a lot of things that are pointing to this game was not ready. And this game was put out like most games of, we just need to get it out. We just need to make money and we need to see if it's going to become popular enough for us to continue it. But if you don't have enough content to fill up people's time, people stop playing it. And when it's an MMO and there's not enough to do and people don't want to do the things that they've already done over and over and over again, like they do in war, like world, (laughs) world of Warcraft, you have a problem. (laughs) You have a very big problem because that means that your, your game's longevity and life is going to be very short. And that's the thing with world of Warcraft. Like as long as you can find yourself a good guild. Yeah. And the, the social aspect was also part of the reason I played as long as I did when the grind gets terrible, at least you can bullshit with your buddies. Yeah. My last topic really quick before we go into reviews and I know we're going long, sorry listeners, but uh, hopefully this will be fast is I want to discuss with the console shortage. What are some of the bad practices being seen implemented by retailers. Um, I have a list <laughs> and <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous that I actually was able to make a list for this. Uh, just, for, just because I like just the thought process of retailers being this, this shady is ridiculous, but I have a list for it. So if anybody wants to add to it after I'm done, go for it. Um, so there was the lottery that was brought up by Josiah not too long ago. Uh, a couple podcasts back, I think. That, oh, the, uh, the, uh, the Sony lottery? That Sony was doing the lottery. Yeah. You got an email saying, oh, you can enter to get a win lottery. That's not unheard of. That's not unusual. Uh, is it shady? It's kind of unfair, but at the same time, it's it's also trying to stay fair to all of your customers. Okay. I didn't even think it was necessarily shady. I just, I brought it up more as a, hey, this is ridiculous how stupid this market has oh, gotten. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And and I sat there going, okay, well, you know, that's 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 my first example Everything else is so fucking worse (laughs) and it's weird how they come across. So Best Buy, Best Buy has this whole thing where they've done advertisements of total tech and you pay $200 a year and for $200 a year, listeners, you get free unlimited Geek Squad tech support, uh, total tech expert access. Uh, that would be basically the free unlimited Geek Squad tech support, basically, yet they want to give you a different uh, bullet point to try and make you think that you're getting access to an expert. I was going to say, so um, they, they linked the same thing twice. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, up to 24 months of protection on most Best Buy purchases, including Apple Care Plus on Apple products. You must, however, be an active Total Tech member, which means if you bought it for a year and you canceled it, even in that year, you lose... So if you don't have an active membership, that that 24 months of protection, even if you paid the $200. So that means you have to pay $400 to have that 24 months. Does that make sense? So that's, that's not $200 and it includes 24 months. It's $200. Then another $200 the next year to continue with the next 12 months. Nice. How that works. Good Lord. Uh, Free delivery and so, and I'm getting to to listeners. I'm getting to why I'm bringing up the console thing. Just a second. I'm just giving you a list of all of that this this uh, service provides you. Uh, free delivery and standard install or and standard installation. 
20% off labor for parts and advanced services and 10% off labor for custom installations. Man, these are just huge perks. Free haul away on most replacements. Uh, that means you don't have to take all of your own recycled shit to Best Buy. They'll do it for you. That's, uh, that's, that's totally worth the money right there. Exclusive membership price on merchandise. Great. Awesome. By exclusive membership, do you mean a discount that you could, you know, get a rebate for? Yes, that's exactly what that is. Extended 60-day return and exchange window for uh, most products. So instead of the usual 30 days, you get 60 days now. I mean, $200 worth at Best Buy, this would be $200 worth if you bought products at Best Buy like you bought candy from a candy store. So as you're reading um, this off, this sounds like it'd be good for a business, terrible for a consumer. Yes, it is all. This is all good for business, terrible for consumer. I want to point out. Now, here's the reason why I brought up the consoles, listeners. The last part that is a benefit of the two hundred dollars a year is a chance to get early access to new tech, including PlayStation Five and Xbox Series consoles. Cool. So that means they're money. Yeah. So that means they're <laughs> restock. So you get a chance at early access to their new stock that comes in for those consoles. So 700 so bucks for a PS5. $700 for a PS5. Still cheaper than scalpers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the that's, sad part. You're right. That is still cheaper. That's still than cheaper. Scalpers. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm trying to point out listeners is that this is the kind of shit that Best Buy is pushing on their customers and telling their customers, Oh, for $200, you're getting all these benefits. Never mind. The first two bullets are the same fucking thing. The other bullets you won't use. Uh, unless you're buying an Apple, unless you're buying expensive, really expensive shit, the 24 months of protection, by the way, 24 months of protection is complete nonsense. Apple care is a joke at this point. You literally just go in and replace your goddamn laptop. There's no replay or there's no fixing of anything. Yeah. They just swap out the yeah, hard your drive. Your data essentially just becomes theirs because they have your hard drive now and they just swap it over to another machine. And, uh, you know, what Best Buy products are you buying that you need only 24 months of protection on? Makes no sense unless I, you're a business. I, yeah, I buy TV. I buy a TV or a computer. I get I get five year warranties on these things. That's your manufacturer. That, no, not even just manufacturer. I buy extended warranties. I buy five year extended warranties on my shit because I if this shit you know if my expensive stuff breaks, I want it replaced or I want it fixed. I don't want it to have to go buy another fucking TV or another fucking computer just to be able to do the things I do. Yeah. This is one of those things that buying a warranty is actually worth the money for. Yeah. The, the 20% off labor for parts or for, for repairs. What the fuck is the point of having unlimited free, unlimited geek squad tech support? If it's not including that shit. Additionally, listeners, what's the point in having the uh, 24 months of protection? If it's not going to include parts and labor. So if you're still going to pay for the paper, like pay for all the repairs and pay for the labor, why the hell is it even a 24 months of protection if it's not going to include that stuff? It's a ripoff. So you still have to pay for repairs. And you know people are going to get pissed off about this because everyone's going to look and see, oh, free Geek Squad support. Yeah. And they're going to start bringing their shit in and then they're going to start getting bills. Yeah. Free Holloway for uh, equipment. So if you have a TV replaced and they take your TV away, what do you think Best Buy does with that? salvage it yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they either use it for their own purposes or they 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 break it apart they can break parts. it apart sell parts keep the parts or 
uh, if you're dealing with, uh, you know, their recycling plan and a lot of a lot of times with stuff that's completely fine and workable, they just donate it and they can use that as a tax write off. And it's completely legal. Exclusive membership uh, prices for for merchandise. It's like 10 percent off. That's only useful if you're buying expensive equipment and yeah, business. Yep. The extended 60 day return. They're playing the odds on that. The, the average person doesn't return anything within 30 days. The average person wouldn't return anything within 60 days. Why? Because they bought their product and usually their product's fine. Yeah, they know within the first two weeks. So, and then, then there's the last one, you know, getting a chance to win or to buy a console er, early from the restock. Come on. And they just, and they just started this program not too long ago. When I heard about it, I was like, that sounds shady as fuck. And the reason I heard about it, listeners, because I was sent an email. And the reason I was sent an email is because I was on a waiting list for a PlayStation 5. And suddenly I get an email telling me, oh, you also get early access to possible new tech, including PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series. And I went, oh, that's why you're doing this. So other places that have done some pretty shady shit. uh, GameStop is only selling bundles. You can't buy the consoles standalone. That's it. You, you only buy bundles. It doesn't matter if you've already owned any of these products or some of these products are fucking useless to you. Only a bundle. That is literally trying to get rid of other inventory or just trying to make more money. Or both. Or both. Walmart is supposedly... So here's another thing. Walmart. Oh. This is crazy. Walmart is selling... One, Walmart is selling only bundles, just like GameStop. And two, Walmart is supposedly also... And this is not against the law. This is actually practiced... This is actually practiced by a lot of companies in the back in the day for products that were in high demand, but apparently Walmart is using it again. And that is Walmart is supposedly hoarding PS fives and Xboxes for the holidays. We can't confirm that listeners, but that's basically from several different videos showing similar things happening within their warehouses. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that Walmart allows scalpers to use them as a, as a cell. No, that was the next thing. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. No, you're fine. Uh, yeah, so uh, supposedly they're hoarding uh, consoles. That, to me, that's not new news. That's I've, I've seen. Yeah, I've worked at. That's, that's not that's not something new. But if you saw the amount that were in their warehouses, was it pallets worth? Pallets shit, upon pallets. Pallets upon pallets. Yeah, it's stacks on yeah. stacks on it's, stacks. It's it ridiculous. Is, it's ridiculous. I, and because I think you sent me the video. And yeah, it's fucking crazy. I was like, God damn! Like, if that's actually true, that is a shit ton of consoles. Like they're how holding did they hoard these? Yeah, it's it's because and here's the thing, listeners. If you're sitting there going, "That shit, that's sh- that shit's illegal," it's not. It's not. Uh, it's because technically at this point, it's their property. They do when they yeah. Want once it. the once the store buys it, it's their property. Yeah, they they can do whatever they they could turn around and sell it for half the cost. They're they're not going to get in trouble for that. They've already paid the full cost of whatever the company's asked asked for. Uh, for it, that's how that's how their retail market works. Oh, retail's crazy, people. Um. um and they jumped so far ahead of holidays on top of that. For I example, I'm not going to say what I do for a living or what I know, but I was at a location and they already got these St. Patty's 2022 t-shirts. Yeah. Now they can That's get in trouble. That's how far advanced they yeah. start thinking. Now they can tr- get in trouble yeah. for not going with MSRP and the company can turn around and say, we're not going to sell, sell you our product anymore. Uh, and that's what some companies have ended up doing in the past where a company just decided, all right, well, we're just going to charge double for the, for the product because it's high demand. Uh, that's up to the that's up to the manufacturer. They can turn around and not sell to that company ever again. That's uh, that's a different kind of deal. It's not illegal. It's just not very well highly thought of to not go with MSRP. 
but uh to hold on to them and wait for the holidays that's not new that's not that's mm-hmm. not something that's that's against the law at all they can do whatever they want it is shady as fuck though and it does come across as wow you cuz you guys could have already been selling these and had them on the shelves but no the holidays are coming up and uh to be the make only, that money. if you're going to be the only retailer that has any product on sale well not a bad time walmart's to be, been doing this for yeah, years not a bad time to have it actually decades so the other thing is the the scalpers. So Anderson, since you brought that up, go ahead. Oh man. So Walmart, a GameStop is now talking about hopping this. Walmart is acting kind of like an eBay, yep. where you can, as a third party, you can sell product on their marketplace on the digital. So like on their apps. Yeah, same whatever. way Amazon yeah, works. Same way Amazon works. Now, so you can get a bundle deal, or you can cave in and buy fourteen hundred dollars and bait the scalper price. Yeah, so a lot of people are really pissed off at Walmart and the fact that they're allowing this. Now, Walmart's allowed third parties for they do whatever they want. It's their, yeah, it's their they, company. To do whatever they want. Uh, now, the thing is, is Amazon has been doing this, and the thing that differentiates from Amazon and Walmart on this is the fact that Amazon has been selling their product stock to these third parties and not telling anybody. And it turns out that these third parties are paying just retail. And it's not just that they're that they're using scalper bots for it. Amazon has been contacting them and telling them, "Hey, since you're a popular third-party retailer and you Maybe sell electronics, 20 inch, we can sell you. We can sell you these." And they're acting like the middleman for the manufacturer, and it's really fucked up. Yeah, they hopped on the game of the scalpers getting more money. Yep. That brings me to the fact that Amazon has never had restocks for the past eight months. They haven't had official restocking of the consoles for the past eight months. They have always been sold out and it makes zero sense, but scalpers can get them before they even get the page populated and then immediately sell them. And they're still selling PS fives for a thousand to $1,500. I thought it was up to two grand right now. There's some of them who have tried that. I don't know if those have been successful, but the $1,500 ones have been selling. People stop giving them money. So stop it. Your retailers are not your friend. No. Your retailers are out to make a buck just like anybody else. We already knew that. But the fact is the retailers don't want to do anything to stop it. They don't want to they don't want the market to go back to normal. They want to keep the market as high as possible because they want to make the the highest amount of money possible off of your single product. And the way that they're doing that is by doing these crazy fucking things. And the only way it's going to stop is when customers just say, "Go fuck yourself." I'm not paying for it. And uh, if you think Sony's on your side, well, look at uh, how Sony's treated their customer base for Horizon Forbidden West. Horizon Forbidden West, if you go on their website, even though they've made the open statement to gamers of, if you buy the PS4 version, you will get the PS5 version upgrade at no additional cost because you owned the PS4 version. But if you go to their own fucking store on the PlayStation Network, it still says a PS4 version and a PS4 and PS5 version is more expensive. Weird how that works. Odd that they haven't changed their own marketing on their own fucking page to reflect the statement that they've made. So do you think Sony at all is trying to make sure that people think that the only way they can get the PS4 and PS5 version is by buying the digital deluxe version? Yeah, that's absolutely what they're doing. And if you notice, they haven't changed it at all on, on Amazon's page either. So it, it kind of makes you go, huh, I guess uh, I guess they are trying to fuck us over. 
I think the consequence of this one's going to be when we start getting forced into having to only play the current console versions. Yeah. Which and, we are rapidly approaching, by the we way. We are getting pretty close to it, but like, at this end, will the cells reflect that? Yeah, I don't know. And, and that's the only way you're going to have to figure out what's going to go down. Yeah. Speaking of cells reflecting things, and I'm curious as to whether or not Disney's uh, Disney Plus is reflecting any losses from the amount of people who have left Disney Plus since the uh, Gina Carano incident uh, with the Mandalorian. And I know that they have lost a lot of uh, subscribers, but they gain subscribers. It's an up, it's an up and down business for everyone. So it's and become like Netflix where people sign off for something and they immediately quit. Yeah. So I'm wondering if if they do take a loss, will some of their other uh, shows suffer as a result of the loss of money? Um, and, and by extent, will they lose content from that? Uh, I could absolutely see it. But, uh, you know, their content overall, for the most part, I should say, hasn't been their original. I should say their original content hasn't been really that stellar or even just like when I think about it, listeners, I, I canceled my subscription to Disney plus because of what happened with uh, junior Carano. I did not believe that uh, Disney was in the right in doing that uh, while they are a company and she does partially represent the company and uh, things that she says. I think that they blew it out of proportion and they allowed Twitter to make their decision for them. And uh, I think they were looking for an excuse to get rid of her regardless because she was more conservative than they were. Um, and just because she had a difference of, she had different opinions politically, they wanted to get rid of her. And I think that's what it was because there are plenty of other, other actors that they work with and that they're fine with that have made ludicrous statements that have made outlandish statements, uh, hyperbolic statements. And, uh, they were never let go. They were never warned. They weren't told to get off of Twitter and, uh, she was, and she didn't, and they got rid of her. So I went, well, I don't want to, I don't want to give my money, uh, to a company or, or continue, continue to support uh, these kind of decisions. So I got rid of my subscription. A lot of people did. Uh, and whether or not you want to get rid of your subscription, that's up to you. But I'm going to point out the fact of after getting rid of my subscription, I have looked upon, and keep in mind, listeners, I've had it up until November. And I've looked at a lot of their original content throughout the year. And most of it hasn't been worth my time or even the the amount of money that I've been giving them for the year now uh, when I look at it, because the only thing that, that I really enjoyed that I've really enjoyed from them has been the Mandalorian. There's been a couple of things on there here and there that have been fun. And the fact that they eventually give you access to uh, Marvel movies that come out and stuff like that. And uh, you know, Cruella, that was kind of nice, but uh, I wasn't going to pay the premium $30 when they initially I feel announced like that it. shouldn't even be an option. I think that with these new movies, they immediately put them on the Disney plus. Yeah. You probably would have kept a lot of subscriptions. Probably. And, uh, you know, rather than having the premium on there, especially what yeah. HBO max does. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it was, but, but if keep in mind, Disney owned these companies, so they're not making a, a cent off of it. Whereas HBO is making money from Warner brothers for it. So there's, there's kind of a, an understanding with that. But uh, when I look at their other content and I go, eh, like some of it was fun, but it's not really that enjoyable. It's not as enjoyable as I would like it to be. And while they do have a large library of things, and I've said in the past that it was worth the cost, um, the cost has gone up and they did increase the price and the price increase didn't seem to be justified to me. And the reason I will point that out is because going into reviews, what if? So we watched all of what if and I got to say, I was not impressed overall. Uh, what if was 
more of just here's something more from the MCU, not here's crazy shit that happens in the other Marvel, the other parts, yeah. portions of Marvel Universe. It wasn't a true what if. Yeah. Typically, so when we say what if, you go in the actual comic book reader, a what if is a stark vast difference of a character's life that you've never seen before. Yeah, things like uh, what if Peter Parker had become Iron Man instead. And this what if is should have been called MCU what if. I gotta say, you know, it took too long to get to the story for what what if was being set up for, which is actually not even a what if. It was set up for. They were actually making its own plot line. They were, yeah, they were making its own plot line. They wanted to bring in the Watchers and have the Watcher uh, have to interfere in order to save the multiverse. And it negates what what if was all about. It does that from the very beginning. It makes it kind of hard to want to watch really anything in the what if series. So to me, it was a huge takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you had Smith- you made this plot line of what if, but the what if are supposed to be episodic one offs. Instead, they're all connected. Yeah. You had Samantha Carter turn into Captain America. And the serum made her large and, you know, over muscular and, and big. And I was like, well, the serum doesn't really work that way with everybody. Uh, it worked that way specifically with Steve Rogers, if you know anything about the comic books. But the serum works differently for everyone. Some people don't even change. Yeah, you find out that some people don't even change. And and that's, again, that's in the comic books. I get it. It's the MCU. So basing this in the MCU, according to the MCU, just makes them bigger and stronger and superhuman. Well, Samantha Carter was already pretty much a badass, so she just became even more of a badass. All right, well, cool. Uh, I guess we can go along with that. And then Steve Rogers becomes Iron Man, essentially. Um, in World War II, which didn't make a whole lot of sense, but okay, uh, because they somehow got hold of the Tesseract and made, made that power the, the suit and a whole bunch of nonsense. But it's supposed to be fun. And I was like, all right, well, this is kind of fun. It's not, you know, it's not great. It's basically just Samantha Carter is Captain America. It starts America off okay, of, the series. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it wasn't very entertaining because it's just Samantha Carter being Captain America. Samantha Carter instead of Steve Rogers, and they basically do the exact same things. Yeah. It wasn't like, right, a true well, what if. It didn't feel like a true what yeah, if. Yeah, it didn't feel like an actual what if. Um, and it continued kind of like on that. Uh, that that You have T'Challa who ends up becoming Star-Lord. Yeah, the T'Challa as Star-Lord was ludicrous. It's not... Listeners, here's the thing. I really like T'Challa, and I love the fact that it's really a tribute to... Chadwick Boseman. To Chadwick Boseman. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> so because it's a it's a tribute episode, I get that. And I was able to go along with it. And it was fun and kooky, but it doesn't sit in any realm of possibility for even the character. Like Chichala is magically able to convince fucking Thanos that what he's been doing is just genocide. Thanos knew that. Okay. <laughs> like how how did he convince Thanos to be a good guy? To be a good guy. And to join the uh, it's not the, the Ravagers, it's the, but the other group. It's the Rav, yeah, it is. Those the Ravagers, yeah. yeah. To become a Ravager instead, and uh, joins you know joins his group. Just the whole plot line behind it just fucking falls apart when you start really thinking about it. And that was the problem. I couldn't couldn't shut my brain off. It just felt too unbelievable so, for even the MCU. The Chala gets kidnapped, becomes the new Star Lord instead of uh, Peter Quill getting kidnapped because the Ravagers effed up and they didn't know the difference between the kids. Yeah, they somehow went to the wrong continent. They picked up the wrong kid of a different nationality. And to them, all, all humans look the same. Throw in some other factors that just kind of don't make sense. Yeah, it's just 
a lot of it just the, the make main sense. bad guy is the collector who's now in charge of the, the yeah, super he's, soldiers that he's Thanos big had. and buff and yeah. fucking weird looking like none of, none of that correlated didn't make any sense to like there wasn't enough in that universe for it to make sense and actually play out to be like okay the, i can accept this as even a what if and since it still takes place in in a version of the mcu you're still stuck within the parameters of what the mcu is already already laid out so it it created an unbelievable scenario and you end up it ends up being less fun because of that it was still a fun episode and it was probably the most fun that i had uh watching watching the what is but it was it was just kind of odd because it was still trying to base itself in the mcu and that's really what hold that's really listeners what holds back the entirety of what if yeah it's it just it focused every, just yeah, on mcu everything stays within the mcu but it's the alternate universes of the mcu not the alternate universes so you of don't the really get characters from, that you've never seen before on the mcu yeah uh my like one of my biggest favorite what ifs is the superior Doctor Doom. And in this one, the what if is what if Doctor Doom took Doctor Strange's place? Alright. Yeah. That's probably one of my most favorite that'd be a fun what ifs. And I'm a huge Doctor Doom fan. Yeah, that'd be a He's one of my favorite Marvel villains of all time. He's never gotten justice. Yeah, but it would be introducing a character that's not introducing the MCU and Mar and Marvel and this Marvel doesn't always stays in the MCU. And Disney Marvel doesn't know what to do with those yet. So that they just stick within the MCU and it created this weird story of like, okay, you're having to watch all these episodes that leads up to one moment where Ultron somehow in this timeline gets made at the same time as er, er, early enough to be, to become vision and kill Thanos. It was so fucking odd. Like, yeah, yeah. It it doesn't even match, match up. Like, and that's what I'm saying is like, because it's based in the MCU, your entire mental state goes with the timeline of the MCU. And when it shows events of what if it doesn't present things of like, what if uh, Ultron became vision and became vision when Thanos attacked? Like the, those are the things that should correlate. Instead, it just goes, what if, Ultron became Vision, and it just shows him becoming Vision and then killing or killing Thanos like that. He cuts Thanos literally in half using the the Mind Stone. I'm like, if he could have done that, then he would have done that in the fucking movies. Why? Yeah. Like, then why didn't he just do then that? Then why wouldn't he have place? done that in the first place? That makes no sense. That's our issue with uh, this. What if? And if you're sitting there going, "Oh well, you know, Thanos had all the stones. He had all the stones when he saw him. He had the exact same stones that he has in them in the movie." when he doesn't kill Thanos in the movie, but he kills Thanos in this. And it's just, it creates a complete just shit show of, of you going, none of this makes sense because none of this correlates with what you already know from the MCU. So when you're basing everything of what you already know within the MCU, it no longer becomes a, this is a alternate universe. It's just, this is complete bullshit. That's that's the thing that's been so great about the MCU listeners is the fact that it's been a alternate universe. It is an alternate universe from what we know from 616. It is an alternate universe from any of the other universes within the comic books. So you can sit there and say, okay, while this is happening, this is completely different from what's happened in, in 616. And you can accept that because they are different worlds. They are different universes. But when you start saying, okay, what if, and you base everything within 
the parameters of this is the universe you're created, well, that's where things break down. It no longer becomes what if. It's just slight variations of the same thing. And you just make up something to make it, you know, to try and make it a what if. So while that takes place, it, un it, un it unrolls this story where Ultron takes on the stones, ends up becoming, uh, you know, omniscient, basically, basically throughout the entire multiverse and starts fucking up things for the Watcher. And the Watcher ends up having to interfere because Ultron's going to literally destroy the entire multiverse. And, uh, so for, he clicks, and I say the multiverse, yeah. the multiverse for the MCU. So if you're looking for something that's a, in, in, in the end, it's, it's just kind of it's bullshit and stupid and the whole planning around it. Like the, the moment he chose Killmonger for the final team, I was like, Killmonger, uh, like, I want to point out Killmonger literally did nothing. He did nothing for the final section. Except he did for the very end. He, he did nothing except for the very end. And he wasn't even necessary for that. If he was left out, none of that would have happened. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a needed character. They had him in there just to have Killmonger. And he's the most, I hate how they did Killmonger in the MCU. Hate how they represent. Well, he didn't him. get enough screen time. They he didn't was, plan that out correctly. They didn't. They didn't do the character at all correctly. He was just shit, just a shitty planned character and a shitty way of writing him in. And, and he became a one off, one off villain. He, yeah, he had shitty motivations. Continued to have shitty motivations in What If, and I couldn't stand him through the entire thing. It felt like a waste of time, and he was a waste of time. So when it came down to how this story played out, I was like, he wasn't necessary. He's not in there, or he he doesn't even need to be here. Why the fuck would you even include him? And then they have this reveal of like, oh, you planned this the whole time so that they could put Killmonger and Ultron in a pocket universe so they'd fight forever. Fucking stupid. It, it felt so dumb. And I went, I literally just looked down and looked at my hands and went, what the fuck was that? It had the, the worst payoff ever. And the only, the only part that I actually went, this is good is bring is is the what if what if a natasha from another universe was reunited with her team in another universe where they were losing to loki okay yeah that's good yeah it was just <laughs> why the why the hell was what if wasted on this god damn they should have shown. They should have shown more universes. Like, you, listeners, if you want a real what if, watch Loki. Yeah, I was about to say watch Loki. Yeah, watch Loki and watch uh, the upcoming Spider Man. Those are real what ifs. If they do in Spider Man what everybody's expecting them to do and bring in a Spider Man from a different from different Spider Verses, that is a real what if. This was not what if. This yeah, was all completely different Peter Parkers. Yeah. This was not what if. This was a waste of your time. And that's what I felt like. I felt like they had wasted my time and I had wasted money on my subscription by waiting for that. It was not worth the week to week. The only thing that I, the only thing that really this, that came out this past year that was worth my time was Mandalorian and Star Wars Visions. Listeners, I will concede that Loki was worth my time, although it was super predictable. And even then, roughly half of Visions wasn't even worth watching. True. I enjoyed all of it. But I agree with you on like it's all it's all yeah. entertaining. Yeah, but some of it's yeah, some of it's just kind of like yeah. Well, I could have done without that. I, I, if this had not been included, I wouldn't have felt any worse. Right. I wouldn't have felt like I missed something. <laughs> so.
So yeah, it's, it just kind of, it was very irksome. Anyways, I wasted enough of our time. Um, Anderson, you had a review on Sandman. I'm going to hold two. off on that one. Let's stick with shows and I'll push that one book. Cause that's a book. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. So I finished season three of what we do in the shadows. Fantastic. Every season keeps getting better. I still can't get into that show. It's not for everybody. If you don't like, if you don't like sitcoms like The Office and the way that's kind of shot and portrayed, this is not it for you. Yeah. But think of The Office, but with vampires. That's basically it. A uh, lot of fun cameo characters again. Who doesn't love Danny Trejo? <laughs> <laughs> and Wesley Snipes' Blade again. He's in it as Blade. Yeah. As Blade. Yeah. Okay, that's just cameos though. Nothing oh, major. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they uh, they get some really interesting cameos on that show. Yeah. I I think because uh, what is it? episode ten was uh, season finale, right? Yeah, there was still only ten episodes. Yeah, so I just finished it last night, and uh, yeah, it's going some interesting places. The only character I feel bad for every time is Guermo. <laughs> Guermo gets shafted so many times. All right, but he does it to himself at this point. He likes it. Um. I think the uh, the whole Colin Robinson twist this time around was fantastic, and the relations between Laszlo and Colin were fucking fantastic. Have you finished season three? Yeah, I just finished yeah, it last okay. night. Oh yeah. man, I just I think Laszlo is now like my favorite character in the entire show. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about you, Anna, who you like love the most because each one has their own quirks. Like I think this season, I think everybody fell in love with the puppet Nadia. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, he's not my favorite, but I really like the idea of Colin Robinson as a psychic vampire. And yeah, that of, was uh, a good twist. Different. Something different. He was yeah, an energy vampire. Yeah, he, he thrives on making people bored. Yeah, he talks. He literally talks people to death. That's how he <laughs> yeah, feeds. That's the thing is like anytime somebody talks about the plot lines, they sound very funny. But then I watch the show and I'm like, it's just not funny to me. I don't know why. Yeah, it's not up your alley. Yeah, yeah and that's exactly that's exactly yeah. it. And yet, I can turn around and watch. You know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and I fucking love that show. Well, it, yeah, we've talked about that too. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, and they're and they're kind of shot the same way. Yeah, they're so shot I'm in like, very similar ways. I don't I, know why I can't get into it. I don't know. I just think it's a, a lot yeah. of really good ideas. Like the, uh, the it's kind of funny because I like I feel disappointed in myself. <laughs> How do you not like this? What is wrong with you? I will say that the first three or four episodes of season one were kind of rough, but once you get past that, that's when it really starts to like, you get into the the funny ideas. Okay. Cause I think they introduced Colin Robinson in uh, what was it? Episode three. So they, when they first introduced Colin Robinson, you think he's a normal human just happens to be living with them. And like, it's one of the roommates. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they have like this coven of vampires living in this house. And this guy walks out in a cardigan. He's bald, like like freshly cut clean. Hey guys, how's it going? He just walks like an office worker. Who the fuck is this? And then they show him (laughs) his office and he's the, uh, he walks past a group of, uh, people sitting at their desk. Hey guys, working hard or hardly working. Then one of them flops over the desk dead. Yeah, that's, that's how he funny. feeds. He feeds off. He basically talks people to death. Oh, gotcha. And at first, you don't think it's real because that's why I think the first season's great because you don't think it's real until you realize when you get further in that the energy vampires are legit. Yeah. He, the way they first introduced is he battles another energy vampire over who gets who gets to kill the entire office, talking him to death. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah the uh, the funny part was it it causes a feedback loop at some yeah. point, so they both just keep getting stronger and stronger. It, it was and their heads keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, it, it was good, <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, like it, mega mind level big head. Gotcha. 
it was good. I'm excited to see where season four goes. I do like the fact that each season, like they're introducing outside the spectrum of just vampires. Because if you watch the movie, because the show's based off of a movie. Yeah. And the movie only shows you vampires and werewolves, and the show has been adding more and more. Uh, this season, this last season, uh, Colin's uh, obsession and relationship with a homunculus, a siren, was hilarious. Because yeah. she's an annoying Jersey girl. Okay. Think of Snooky. <laughs> they turned Snooky into like a homunculus chicken legged siren. <laughs> so Snooky, got it. Uh, what we do in Shadows, I think each season has gotten better. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, so next up you have uh, American Horror Story season 10. Now I'll be honest. I've watched American Horror Story, but I haven't watched it since witches, yeah. but you so, can, you can spoil the shit out of it if you want. Cause I see your note that says, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 so go on. <laughs> uh, the way they marketed this season, the way they handled it, this is hands down the worst se- season in the entire series. Really? Is it, isn't this the one that's like aliens and... Oh, no. I'll explain this. I, I can't... I don't even know what the other uh, one to me they <laughs> To me, they weird. did this to themselves. Because uh, season 9, uh, 1984... Yeah. Hands down, the greatest season in the entire series, in my opinion. Okay. Now, watching American Horror Stories, you understand that each season... That's why they reuse actors. They're just retelling. They're telling different stories. But some of what happens in American Horror Stories... Stays grounded in this universe, how ghosts work, how vampires work, how witches work. They all operate the same way in every season. Okay. This season, they took their own rules and threw them out the window. I always thought American Horror Story was the whole, the whole point was a different season or for, you know, different stories every season, different characters every season, even if they're played by the same actors. Yes. And don't worry about the rules. I always thought that was the point. The way they, yeah, but the way they structured the show. But but keep in mind, I haven't watched watched since Witches, so that's a long time ago, listeners. The way the universes work, that's how it always always was. Yeah. So ghosts work a certain way, vampires work a certain way. This new season was called American Horror Horror Story Season 10 Double Feature. So the aliens and the vampires are not even fucking connected. Think of it like like a a drive-in double feature, two different movies. It, but are they taking place in the same episodes? No. Okay, so at least it's like separated like one half of a season yeah, to another Yeah, but the half. way they do it, they do it abruptly and they don't tell you. Gotcha. Okay. So majority, about 80, uh, I would say that, about 70% of the season follows the vampires, which is, is very generic copycat in Stephen King's main vampires. Vampires are done way different this time around. Which, you know, I tried to be open-minded thinking, okay, maybe they are trying to do something different. But they recycled the vampire story almost again. So they almost mm-hmm. recycled the season. It just wasn't very really well acted either. That's unfortunate. See, what's weird is like you say it's a double feature, but I could see like, and you say it's abru- abruptly done. That's unfortunate because I could see doing something like that where it starts out with one set of with one story, and when that story ends, it just doing uh, like the old school uh, anthology transitions where you have the story lead into another. Yeah. To another ca- set no of character, another set of characters, and just moving it on. And while this has been happening in the town, this other thing's been happening in the Meanwhile, town. Meanwhile, over kind of here, thing. yeah, yeah. See, that's what I thought they were gonna do, but no, there's no connections. They do the vampire story, they end it, they even end that storyline, end of there. That's fucking weird. And then it jumps immediately <laughs> to the next episode. It seems lazy. And it's basically Roswell. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
and the way they handle fr- so nothing so nothing really original nothing the original. entire season gotcha uh there's a couple fucked up moments but that's every american horror story yeah it just it wasn't very well done and they came out with two seasons this year yeah because the other season i covered on a few podcasts to go american horror stories which each episode was its own which is its own thing yeah i've heard that one is if you're in the mood for something that's just more of like I want a Twilight Zone kind Twilight of thing. Twilight Zone, yes, and I enjoyed that because yeah. if you just embrace the as is each episode's own thing. And that's just a that's a that's a it's kind of a, a spin off, but it also wraps up Murder House permanently. Oh, it does. Okay. So I said that's worth watching if you're a fan of the series American Horror season ten. If you can find like a highlight reel, you're good. Okay. I I feel like I wasted my life and time on this one. Much worse than Vargo wasted this time of what if. I was fucking pissed by the time I finished season 10. I gotcha. Yeah. Up. So just not not even worth. Not even I worth pulled a through. Vargo and sent them an email. <laughs> I'm a letter writer. I'm, <laughs> I'm a letter writer. You know, I, I have to say I was never a letter writer before we started hanging out. And then hearing <laughs> that it actually gets results, it turned me into one. Yeah, like it. So there's listeners. If you want to write letters to uh, express your disappointment in something. That is completely acceptable. Do not make threats. You can explain to them that you're a fan and you can even you can even tell them your own ideas as to how things seem to be playing out and where you thought they were going and how disappointed you were in how things ended. That is completely fine. Make sure that you write when you write letters, keep them respectful. That is the only way you really get results. You cannot just go off on like you can't act like I do on the podcast. Where I just go, fuck you. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like a lot of, so a lot of things that's really funny about that is like, if I were to meet somebody like that and we were having a conversation, if I, when I feel comfortable enough with them, I will go to the fuck you. I will say, fuck you to your face. <laughs> it, I do not care. Just, that's just the way my personality is. And I, it, I get called out for being way too aggressive sometimes for it. But for the most part, I will stay respectful to someone and I will hear them out on a lot of stuff that they say. Uh, and every now and then, if it gets to the point where I'm just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I will call you out on it. Uh, everybody knows, like all my friends know this about me. Uh, and my friends are willing to do the same thing towards me as well. Uh, it's one of the greatest things of like, you know, some of my oldest friends, uh, Jay and, and Loach being able to tell each other, you know, go fuck yourself. Uh, or, you know, come on, you know, you know, come on my guy. And if I say, you know, oh, come on, my guy, Jay will throw it right back at me. He's like, come on, my guy. And like, he'll do that shit right to me. It's fucking classic, but that's the way we, that's the way we, we argue. And that's the way we, uh, we are with each other, but you can't treat like when you're writing, you can't treat them with the same kind of uh, level of just being casual with them. You have to treat them with a modicum of respect and show them like, yeah, you know, this is uh, this is how I feel about it. Same thing goes for like Bungie. Uh, the fans that they listen to aren't the ones that get all fucking pissed and just call them, you know, f- call them out for shit. The ones that they actually listen to are usually the ones that say, look, this is what you're doing. It's not right. And you shouldn't be doing that. Well, yeah, my roughly my email said you just did American Horror Story Apocalypse all over again. And you're going to lose a lot of fans. Yeah, I th- and I think they said that their ratings actually dropped for the first part of, or for the first half of their season. Yes, and American Horror Pol- uh, Apocalypse. The reason why that tanks so bad is because they put modern day politics in it. 
Yeah, I remember they had the they had the episode where uh, they made Donald Trump the villain. Yeah, it wasn't the episode? Wasn't there an episode where yeah. the the one of the main characters freaks the hell out when Trump won? Yeah, and uh, kills people. Yeah, kill like kills people. It's it's fucking crazy. And the reason why American Horror Apocalypse tanked is because people want to watch shows for escapism, not add yeah, modern like we day said politics. Before, too. We don't yeah. want to know about the. We don't want to hear about the real world. <laughs> it's escapism we're, for a reason. We're, we're doing this because we don't want to hear about the this world. latest season. Doesn't add modern day politics. It's just it's lacking. It's okay. missing a lot. It feels it feels factor. unoriginal. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. There doesn't seem to be something that's motivating it to be creative. It seems just to so like the re- first half of the season or majority of the season, the vampire part felt like they were trying to hard copy Cat Salem's lot to me. Okay. Yeah, like I said, it. Yeah. it it doesn't feel like they're doing something original. It feels like they're just doing it. They're not doing it for creativity. They're doing it to retell the same stories. And then the alien part, the story they do cover, they could have done that all in one episode and they stretched it out in like four episodes. That's typical. It's and it's, it's pretty badly done too. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So you have a book for us to. So uh, I knocked out a book. To hear about. Uh, I'll do a more relatively recent book. Uh, Sandman Act 2 came out. Uh, audiobook version. Okay. Phenomenal cast done because it's kind of done like a radio show esque way where they get like a full line cast to do voices and everything. So James McAvoy returns as the Sandman, mm-hmm. as Morpheus, the god of dreams. Phenomenal. If I die, I'm, I'm now I'm tempted to have James McAvoy be my voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Story wise, it's not as good as the first book. Okay. When you do the first one, it actually covers it, it. So really quick, is this what the new series that's coming out is based off of? Because I'm really confused. There's so many things that talk about Sandman and, and yeah. uh, Morpheus now yeah. that I'm confused as to are they related or are they is, is it just this is what's popular? What's so, going on? It's loosely based off the graphic novel. So in Act 1, it's I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Morpheus gains the title Sandman back and reclaims his throne. Okay, so Sandman the books are based off of the graphic novel, which yeah. the gra- the the movie or the show is going to be based off of. Yeah, loosely. The, the, sh- the show is going to be based loosely off of the graphic novel. Yeah. Okay, that's where my confusion is because I've <laughs> I've been hearing so many things back and forth of like, so are they are they related? So I guess the, you know, the book is more is is just because the book is more is it more adult oriented or uh, it's over extremely the adult oriented like over the over the graphic novel or is it just because they wanted to have something for people who weren't going to you know people who have this a misconception of graphic novels not being adult I could see them wanting to do the books just to that's exactly it. that okay that's exactly it and if you go into Sad Man I'm gonna let you know now, lady readers it is not for children it is real world darkness okay. You will deal with gods in the storyline, and you think of Greek gods and the fucked up shit they did. Yeah, they were nice people. Yeah, <laughs> most most of them were were pretty vengeful. All it's all loose. <laughs> it all does take place in somewhat in the DC universe. Yeah. So when you deal with Lucifer, it is Lucifer Morningstar. Uh, so Act Two. Um, reason why I say it's not as good as the first book is the way it was handled. In the first book, you were following the entire storyline from start to finish. In the second book, the first half is its own storyline, and on the second half is anthology. Okay. And you just vi- uh, visit the stories that go on. 
Yeah, and supposedly in the even even in the new uh, the new show, they're gonna have Lucifer Morningstar from Lucifer in that as well. Yeah. So uh, it's all from that DC series. And it breaks it down even more in two and it connects it. So a lot of people don't know and explain a little bit of the lore and how it connects is that Lucifer Morningstar is tired of ruling hell. He's just bored of it. He's done of it. Well, I know that from the, the show. Or are you just giving a synopsis of that? And what book? happens, and that's how this connects, is more or less he ends up after a while because things are not going right down there and he needs somebody to take control of it. Yeah. He gives all of hell and control of Morpheus. That's weird. And it's it's kind of cool how it happens and what Morpheus decides to do. Yeah, now I'm curious because listeners, I so I stopped watching Lucifer because uh, the last season kind of took it out of me. Um, but now I'm kind of curious to watch this season and see if it's starting to tie or ramp up and tie into what's coming from Sandman. Hmm. My issue I have in my brain is the way the book is narrated. So I got used to the actor who plays Lucifer Morningstar to be the voice of Lucifer, and he's not. Okay. And so now that they do what they do in the books compared to the show, I want to be disappointed if James McAvoy is not Morpheus. Well, he's not. That bullshit. <laughs> he just does such a great voice acting and he gets so into it as a narrator yeah that you can tell that he's actually putting his emotions into the character but just when you go in the book i recommend it if you're a big sandman fan or if you want to do something different or listen to an audiobook that's completely different it's really well done as an audio it's an audio adventure it's a radio show kind of thing where it's kind of it feels like it's episodic and the plot goes pushing along lucifer itself the show has gone a bit cw and that's what's made me lose love for the show, listeners. More drama than, than story. Yeah, it's more drama than story. And they, they've done the will they, won't they so many fucking times now in the show that I've just gotten tired of it. I'm done. Uh, so I was like, all right, well. Uh, so I kind of feel like it's, uh, it's a bit CW for it. So it makes me kind of worried. Like, they'll do the same thing for Sandman. And it won't have any difference between the two. Just mostly drama. But uh, I'm curious how they do Sandman. Are they going to kind of go to the books where the first book where Sandman has to, or Morpheus has to reclaim his power? More or less what happens is that somebody manages to capture Morpheus and use his powers. That's my understanding. Yeah. He's captured by a wizard or something like that. Um, And it ties in deeply into a lot of DC lore, a lot to do with Constantine's ancestors. Yeah. Here, here's uh, my thought process on it. Uh, if you like Lucifer and you've been watching Lucifer, I'd say probably Sandman's a good bet. If you've lost love for it, I couldn't give you a statement of whether or not they're going to correlate, but I would imagine they, they are because from my understanding, the uh, guy who plays Lucifer is actually in the show, uh, Sandman. So he's going to be reprising his own so character. So he's going to be reprising his own character. And from my understanding, they are connect- or since they are connected because they're part of the same DC universe. And if you're going in there with the same expectations of what you, I, I, I wouldn't recommend going into either one of them with the same expectations of you're going to get the, the graphic novel or the book. I know for a fact that I, tons of people who are fans of Lucifer more or Lucifer, uh, the graphic novels have not been getting what they wanted in the, in the show. So don't go in with that, with, with that thought process at all. But from <clears> what I just listened to as an audiobook. If you want, to listen to a DC story that is dark, yeah, like it's supposed to be, I highly recommend it. Okay. Do Act 1, do Act 2. Just do know when you listen to them, they are done episodically like a radio show. 
It's not okay. a typical audiobook. I gotcha. All right, so moving on to game reviews, and we've been going on super fucking long. God damn. Uh, let's try and make these ones quick. I will try to go as fast as I can with Forza Horizon 5. Hey listeners, I'm going to cut myself off right here. My Forza Horizon 5 review is not adequate enough in order for me to actually post it. For one, there are so many issues on PC that I need to address in a full review with the guys, and it needs to have other guys who are playing it on other platforms to give you a better idea of how it runs on those as well. So I will tell you, if you're on PC, do not buy the game. It is not worth your money. Right now, it has so many problems and needs to be fixed in so many ways. It would not be worth your time or your money. If you're thinking about getting Game Pass, don't get Game Pass yet. Wait. Wait for them to update it and wait for them to fix it. Because, god damn, it has some problems. That's my recommendation right now. Just wait. So I played a game on the Game Pass, an indie game called Kill It With Fire. And this entire game is done as a first-person <coughs> perspective, and you are to go around houses killing any spider you can find. And are I they sh- giant spiders? or No, regular, well, it starts off as regular spiders. Okay. It starts, I, I just started coming so across. So it ramps up. It starts ramping up. Okay. It's arachnophobia the game. Yeah. And the way, what's <laughs> fun about it is how you kill the spiders and like the stuff you have to use to kill the spiders. Is the more you play, the more random shit you have to kill spiders with. Okay. So like, you know, it starts off with a clipboard. And then your next thing you get is hairspray and a lighter. When you, you say clipboard, you mean like smashing them with it? Yeah, it was just smashing with a okay, clipboard. Okay, I'm thinking like when you said clipboard, I thought like he was pulling the hinge down and like sticking spiders' heads in there and then closing it on them. I'm like, you inhumane, you know, guillotine motherfucker. I was going to say, that's, <laughs> that actually doesn't sound horrible. It, at least be quick. <laughs> and then it starts giving you stuff that's just vastly like out of control. Like you got to kill a house spider with a shotgun. All right. <laughs> And then and it no, turns around no, on you. No respect like, for personal safety. Yeah. And, and you destroy the houses and the places you're in while you're doing it. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, so yeah. You just, as you're destroying spiders, you just don't give two shits about these people's properties as you're killing spiders. <laughs> you're breaking down walls, shattering windows. You shot holes in my wall. Well, is the spider dead? <laughs> Mission accomplished. You didn't tell me how. Um, I had to kill spiders with them. My last one, I just had to kill spiders at this gas station. Obviously, everything kind of went wrong. Yeah. Things started exploding. So this is available on Game Pass, right? It's on Game Pass. Just a fun single-player indie game. Something different. All right. Might have to check that one out. Uh, okay, now my big one. I played and I beat Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was surprised. Everyone says that. Every here's here. Okay, I'm gonna say really quick. Everyone says that Anderson. In every single review, all I've seen the whole time, every time somebody says that, is that it still doesn't seem like it's worth my time. Regardless, is, regardless of whoever I listen to, it always comes down to this doesn't seem that good. Now this is where I'm gonna say it's gonna be different. This game is not for everybody. Well, I would imagine not. No, no games for everybody. Now, by story wise. So yeah. I've had some quirks for the gameplay. That's where my issue came with. I've only had one weird thing that happened with that conversation I unlocked. This game is not for everybody, but it was for me. Uh, they took a heavy hand in being inspired by the comic book. So if you led the Guardians of the Galaxy comic books, this might be just right up your alley. Yeah. My thing is, this is the game I was expecting... From Square Enix to make a Marvel game, this is what I was kind of expecting. Okay. Now, I would not compare it to Avengers because they're completely two different games, 
And 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 while you're playing Guardians of the Galaxy, they make jabs at Avengers pretty funnily. Okay. They openly admit that's a terrible game inside Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. Two different teams that made them, owned by the same studio, but two different teams that made it. Guardians. Uh, one thing I will give that's really good about it is the soundtrack and the level designs. They actually spent some time in creating characters and investing into the characters. You actually start. As you play, you get into the story. The game roughly took me about 16, 20 hours to beat. It's kind of like Mass Effect in the sense, or Telltale games, where you can have conversations with your teammates and other characters outside in the Guardians universe. Mm. And it leads the how your relationships are with each uh, team member and who you're outside the team with, and it kind of pushes the story into a direction. The end goal is still going to end up the same. Uh, this is all hands down my favorite version of Mantis, because this Mantis is more like the comic book version instead of the ditzy it's version the that you get in the MCU. Yeah, we get a true Cosmo. So when Cosmo talks to you, he's in this full thick Russian <laughs> accent. Uh, you can unlock a secret conversation with the Collector, but he doesn't matter. Thanos is already dead in this universe. Okay. Drax straight up killed his ass. Okay. So they actually had Drax the Destroyer going. He was Drax the Destroyer. Yeah. Gamora was the assassin. It's a different version of Rocket, but he's still... He's a more serious, dark human Rocket. It's not a more humorous like you get from Bradley Cooper. Is he Scottish anymore? Or did they just completely do away with that? that did, they did away with that. God damn it. When has Rocket ever been Scottish? Originally? In... Comics, comics. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he was okay. always uh, described as having a... A thick Scottish accent. Very thick Scottish accent. Okay. I thought you knew it in the movie. I'm like, did no. I miss something in the movie? Cause no, 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 no. That's that, always been Bradley That never Cooper. happened. <laughs> and that was... I think we talked about that on the podcast. That was my only complaint, was they, uh, they made Rocket not Scottish anymore. No, they sh- he should have been voiced by... If he were the one that way, he should have been voiced by David Tennant. Or Billy Connolly. Yeah. Or Mike Myers. Right. Forgot he actually does a good Scottish accent. His father is the main reason, yeah. Well, enough for how mean he is, he probably should have been voiced by Gordon Ramsay. (laughs) (laughs) What are you? (laughs) An idiot sandwich. (laughs) Uh, So the gameplay was a little bit different. Star-Lord's in the sense he is a a gunner slash bard. And the way he's portrayed and he's done. The entire game follows Star-Lord. The single player game is narrative based. Each stage is more a little more linear. So it's no open world to it. Okay. Okay, The soundtrack, because I feel like I'm jumping all over the place. So as you're playing the story, you will, like to me, I got attached to different characters the way you do your conversations through. And it yeah, tells it's my you, understanding that yeah. the soundtrack really doesn't come in until you do the huddles. And that's when you get the... Uh, the, the soundtrack comes in through the huddles uh, when you're in the downtime where you go into the ship because you can actually collect things outside when you're in adventures. And yeah. You bring it to the ship and it adds more to additional conversations between the characters and how you build your relationships. Okay. You come across other things like the Nova Corps. The Nova Corps is more like they are in the comics than they are in the movies. Okay. So when you play this, it has don't expect MCU, expect comics. All right. So as you develop relationships, that does affect into the end game. And there's even a secret boss, like typical Square Enix, and it's hands down the funniest fucking fight I've done in a long time in video games. 
Is it against Howard the Duck? If you want me to spoil it for you, I can't spoil it for you. Go for it. It's against Adam Adam Warlock. Okay. That's when Magnus fully takes over Adam Warlock. Gotcha. All right. And the best way you fight him is Peter Quill. You fucking shit talk him until he loses control, and then he whoops the shit out of him. All right. Uh, but you do get all kinds of different Guardian characters that you just you've been missing for the live action movies. Adam Warlock was one of the big ones. I was I was relatively happy to see him show up, and he is like the Adam Warlock in the comics, where sometimes he's a villain, sometimes he's, he's a good guy. Yeah. All right. Unifier was a do a new character to bring in. Another character they bring in complete justice to finally is Fing Fang Foom, and the boss fight of Fing Fang Foom is really fun. So if you're kind of a comic nerd, if you want to play a game where the story is good and you get attached to characters, this is definitely a game for you. The soundtrack is phenomenal. So I'm going to bring that into the gameplay. The gameplay is you get things, uh, what he was talking about is a hurdle. So as you, once you finally fully unlock your team. Huddle. A huddle. You said start hurdle. A hurdle. I'm sorry, not hurdle, but <laughs> The whole a game's a hurdle. <laughs> so in the middle of a fight, it's basically kind of like an ultimate move where you call your team in together and you, you give them a little pep talk and you can decide how the pep talk goes. You, you can follow along with the dialogue saying or you can be completely off. And all that really means is the, how long your super move lasts. Yeah. When the super move hits in, you get some... It's a really good soundtrack of different songs. Uh, Rick Astley never going to give you up and killing a Fing Fang Tune, Fing Fang Foom to that song was awesome. But the huddle basically all it does is it just regenerates your moves to how you handle the character. So when you play as Star Lord, you kind of you run and gun and you manufacture. What you do is you just kind of tell your teammates what kind of moves they want to use, and it's all done is through quick action. Okay. Now, negative half of this game is some of the traversal needs some tweaking. Some sometimes through the transitions between the parts of level you go through, things kind of go wrong. That's why I said this game is not perfect. It needs some tweakings and touch-ups. Another thing that I've come across is that I was having a... I unlocked a conversation with Gamora. And for some reason, Jax decides to get up and just stand between us during this entire conversation. Like some random NPC staying there for no reason. I don't know if he thought maybe he was staying so we couldn't see him. The other thing I like about this whole game is just that it's not MCU. So there's no relationship between Gamora and Star Lord. Yeah, I kind of got that when you said it's mostly comic books. Yeah. Um, stuff that I've seen has been overall, like, don't get me wrong, it looks better than the Avengers. But it's a completely different game. That's not hard to do. <laughs> it's a completely different game. It's well more polished and done. I feel like this was an actual AAA title worth the money. Gotcha. If you're into it. That's why I can't give you a grading system. For me, it's a buy, but I could see for like Vargo what he plays. This is probably going to be a bin. Okay. If it shows up on yeah, Game I was, Pass, I say download. Yeah, and play I was gonna, I was gonna wait for it to come on Game Pass or something like that. Because, uh, don't get me wrong. Like I, I trust, I, I trust that it's a better game. And it's, I mean, if, you're not the only person I've heard game. that from. So, but Avengers burned the shit out of my trust for for square enix uh on that game at all and that makes it which makes me wonder like if with the the crazy part is the fact that when you hear guardians of the galaxy was supposed to be like uh avengers and its gameplay design everything like that and it it comes across that way entirely when you see the game uh but given how much they turned around like how much 
the the story is based off of just single player uh you know everything actually store actual story everything's unlocked and stuff like that it comes across as they definitely saw the fuck up that was avengers and while that that group can't get their shit together they just went yeah we're gonna make a different game instead we're gonna do our own thing so it makes me wonder if that came from square if that came mostly from the uh the higher ups for develop or for the developers. And the soundtrack, I will also say, is pretty fucking. It's a pretty big like, playlist. There's a lot of songs they introduce in this game. And yeah. So the songs are mainly used when you have the downtime in the ship, where you can go and have different dialogues with different characters on the team. Uh, you acquire a new S character that I actually you end up liking at the very end. They end up getting a pet that's a space llama. The abs rocket absolutely hates. Probably because it spits on him. Uh, because it chews up all his wires. Because mm. the llamas are assholes. Uh, Groot. True story. Yeah, Groot's more like the comic book Groot, where he's actually pretty wise and he's calm. Okay. You could tell there's a lot of depth, and he's been through a lot of shit. There's a part in the storyline where you get attached to him because they all have to relive tragic parts of their past. Okay. So, like for Star Lord, this happens right at the beginning of the game. The the, the Jatari shows up, kills his mother, and takes him as a hostage because of who his father is as the the, the king of his world. Yeah, so in this one, it's it's, it's his, a lot more like the comics. His fa- yeah, his father's the the king and head of uh, Novacor, right? Yeah. Right. And they hints off the com- the relationship between him and Yondu are kind of rocky because they were cellmates, not father son. Gotcha. So well, you, story-wise, it definitely sounds like it'd be a lot. It'd be something very entertaining to experience. That, in that my side, opinion, this game is worth a single playthrough, at least one playthrough. Okay. Uh, you can play however you want because there's no consequences. Um, the only I do recommend is there's a, there's a handful of QTE moments, and thank God they have the assisted auto win QTE moments in there. If you want to switch that and look at the settings, I highly recommend it. So for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, I would accept this as part of the Sony versus what I'm calling because, you know, we have the Insomniac Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and we have Wolverine coming. Yeah. And there's been kind of hints of mutants in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, when you go into Star-Lord's room, he has a big-ass poster of the Dazzler. Yeah. So I would embrace this game. Like, I enjoyed it. I can accept it for what it is. I think it's a good story. The gameplay needs some tweaking, especially for the traversal. Overall, to me, it was a good game. All right. It's worth a buy, but it is not for everyone. If you don't like Square Enix games, you don't like kind of the way the new action RPGs are being done, may not be up your alley. Okay. Last thing, listeners, uh, I played through Dark Pictures House of Ashes. I'm assuming Anderson did too. No, I have not. That's why I brought it to you earlier. That's the only one. Okay, I, I won't yet. give you any spoilers. Uh, I promise that. I was going to ask you if it was um, worth playing. It is absolutely worth playing. This is the best one. What in, in the uh, Dark Pictures anthology? Uh, it's, like not, it. it's not as good as Until Dawn. Don't get me wrong. Until Dawn's still the best, but that's technically not part. Technically, no, fuck you. It is part. Yeah, technically, <laughs> it's not part of the Dark Pictures anthology. But uh, it inspired and helped create. It, it, yeah, it definitely is the reason why the Dark Pictures anthology exists. So, uh, House of Ashes is the best one. It is the coolest story they've had the entire time, and uh, <clears throat> while I. Didn't like some of the character, some of the characters I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really big on and 
there's a moment where Miles and I, so Miles watched me play the entire thing. There was a moment where Miles and I lost our shit. And this is a small spoiler because I've got to let people know about this before they will play it. A soldier salutes and he's supposed to be a Marine and he salutes like a fucking Brit. Does this. And I lost my fucking shit. So listeners, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, take your hand instead of doing a, you know, what is a real salute. Uh, take your, take your hand and put your finger, your fingers, the back of your fingers, the back of your fingers across your fucking forehead. Like as a salute. And then salute up like a jackass. Uh, that's how he salutes. And I like, I saw that and I went, the fuck. And it was serious. I thought it was supposed to be a joke. It was serious. And I was laughing my ass off. I went, who the fuck told these guys how people salute in the United States in the fucking military? Like, God damn. You know, there, there's a couple of things in there that, that are here and there that, that aren't too, you know, aren't too great about uh, some of the character development, but overall it's a very good experience. It's a lot of, uh, it's a really fun story. It's worth, worth the playthrough. I'm looking forward to playing through it again, multiple times to try and actually platinum that one. Uh, and uh, like I said, overall, it is the coolest story they've had. Now I will tell you if you're, sensitive to uh polit- you know politically sensitive or anything like that to, to the war or anything like that the you know in iraq and and things uh i i don't know what to tell you but uh just keep in mind it's being made by it's being made for for fun for a movie or for a game so uh don't take it too seriously uh i mean there's a character in there that talks about how like we're in this war to stop terrorism and they're in iraq and i sat there going that's not why we went to iraq in the first place um you know, regard regardless of the actual reasons that may be there uh the the reasoning that was given to everybody was not to stop terrorism um they had nothing and they had nothing you know iraq didn't have any really anything to do with 9-11 so um sitting there and saying that uh that's why we went is fucking ridiculous but it would have made more sense if the game had gone in the route of this takes place in afghanistan instead of iraq but i think i don't know if the developers just got their wires crossed on on uh, reasoning behind that or if they just wanted to create a character that was kind of the typical american hick that didn't really know why he went to war uh or what he was there for that's also a possibility too uh so that's just a uh fair warning before you get into it but other than that it is a awesome story it's a lot of fun and uh i would have to say i hadn't, hadn't had this much fun with a series uh since until dawn and this this was almost on par so and having the accessibility stuff for fucking Q- qtes so great so helpful uh but yeah i look forward to playing it again absolutely a buy uh i'd say if you don't play if you don't buy the other ones absolutely buy this one uh if you don't care for the other ones that's fine, but this is this is the better out of the series. I enjoyed Little Hope. Yeah, I thought it was good too. I think the weakest one right now in the series is Man of Medane. Agreed. Yeah, it's just because it's it just takes so long for you to get yeah. moving. I didn't realize this, but there's actually a fourth one that they're make, that they're working on, and supposedly they're also going to be looking at introducing a fifth one into the series. I don't know. I thought they were talking about they had a total of seven. <clears throat> and that's yeah, that's a good possibility. Uh, but they showed the you know they showed the marker for the next book. And they have a preview in it. And if you get all of the, uh, you know, just like with uh, the previous anthology ones, if you get all of the collectibles for the uh, viewing the, uh, I think in the the last one, it was like the white pictures and the black pictures. If you uh, 
or picture frames. If you get all of those, you get the preview for the next, uh, what'll be the next game. That's pretty awesome. So I didn't know that. I might go back through now and just, to get yeah, the, the last image that you collect for all of those is always for the next game. So it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, hey, man, I'm a damn, but I might power through. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a, terrible, a terrible game. I just don't game. like the characters. It's just the characters aren't very, aren't very likable. And, uh, overall, douchey. <laughs> yeah, overall, for the most part in this, in this one, uh, with the exception of maybe one character, most of them are likable and cool. And then, and are not really cool, but most of them are likable. And you actually kind of want to see certain ones make it through. So, um, yeah, so it's a buy. Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. If you want to get rid of your social media, we highly recommend it. It's probably going to be better for you. It'll be definitely healthier for you. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around because we don't use social media. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. Anderson. Keep on geeking on and we're out. We'll be right back.